Welcome to the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. To stay connected, go to revivaltoday.com. And now, here is Evangelist Jonathan. Hey, welcome. Day 11, sorry to cut the thing short, but when that lady says that her doctor said to her, honey, you don't have stage V kidney failure anymore, that's the most Pittsburgh way to make an announcement I've ever ever heard. Only here, you're you're about to die. Honey, that's like the old Washington County way of speaking. Every time I hear that, that lady speak, it reminds me of my childhood. It makes me happy. Great to have you today. You're in for a great uh, episode, whatever you want to call this, 21 days of fasting and prayer, day 11, seven people who can't come with you into 2024. Timothy or somebody can help me with the reference. I think it's Proverbs 13, 22. I could be wrong. They that walk with the wise will grow wise themselves, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Your life, this is not overstated. I know you read this like in Forbes magazine and stuff. It just sound, starts to sound cliche-ish. Your life is determined by the people you keep close to you. If you let me pick your five closest friends, 1320, I was off by two verses. My deepest apologies. He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. So that'll be our text for today. And uh, if you let me pick your five friends for you, I could have you with double income by the end of the year, the happiest you've ever been, Or I could have you dead before July. If you let me pick who you hang out with every day, I could hook you up with a couple of fentanyl dealers, make for maybe a nice few weeks or so. Maybe not. Maybe you die night one. I'm telling you, who you're with determines your life. So then let's make, and I'm going to list people by name. These seven specific people, by first and last name, need to be out of your life. Now, we're going to do seven pre- like uh, precepts. The Bible gives you precepts of people. That's why, that's why the more you read the Bible, the more wise it makes you because uh, one of the reasons, because you start seeing patterns. Oh, this guy's like this guy in the Bible in a good way. You know, you're like Barnabas or somebody can be like um, a wicked person in the Bible, Abner the fool. Think of it. You know, I know everybody thinks God's just this big ball of love that doesn't judge anything or anyone for any reason. But in, in the Bible that he wrote, he called somebody Abner the fool. God, God had things to say about pe- people, vessels of dishonor. And many of you have them in your life, and many of you already know you have them in your life. There's no point. I've been mentioning a lot of things that there's no point in going into fasting and prayer if you're going to come out of fasting and prayer and go right back to your old framework of life. So the time to make changes is now. You know, people make New Year's resolutions. My New Year's resolution is to fast and pray the 2nd through the 22nd. Then, on the 23rd, I think that's when I signed up for the gym the first time and got a personal trainer. It was like January 20. I think I might have waited a week and did it like February 1st. I think if I looked at my gym membership, it's like the first week of February because I made up that mind on on the fast. Um, start thinking now while you're clear-headed and in the spirit, who's got to go? So we're, we're going to examine that and think that out together, and it's going to help you. I wanted to play something for you because I, I really like this. God used my daughter last night when we were driving home. She said, Pa, she, I guess she's thinking of starting it. She's been thinking of starting a YouTube channel for like three years, but she, she hasn't started it yet. 
She said, what was the first video that you ever put on YouTube? I said, man, I don't know. I, I, you know, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't even tell you what year we started the YouTube channel. So, but you can sort YouTube by oldest video first. So I did that and I watched it. And you know that, that picture I show of the lady eating the cheeseburger that um, was healed of stage four cancer and her throat muscles were paralyzed? We, yeah, you've seen me show that. I mean, 90, I think she was 91 pounds at the time. I mean, to this day, it's still, I'll talk about this till I, till I go to be with Jesus. But at the time, going into 2009, I hadn't really had anybody healed of anything notable. A couple people. And then that's the first video, is that it's a, it's a recap that Adalis made on her iPhone of 2009. And I wrote 2009, the year of the demonstration of God's power, which I didn't even know I was given years themes back then. But I do, when, I, when I saw that, I remember 2009, 2009, when I saw the nine going into 2009, the Lord like made the nine jump out and thought of the nine gifts of the Spirit. And the Lord spoke to me, this is going to be a year where the demonstration of my power returns to my church, and you're going to be one of the people that I use to do that. Good to see you, Tim, in Calgary, Alberta. Tim in Calgary, Alberta, might I ask, with wind chill, how cold is it today? It's ringing slightly, but I really like the sound. So I don't, I was debating whether to mention anything because I don't, I don't want it to get, I don't want my sound to get neutered because I made a complaint about the ringing. It's a slight, slight ring. Um, anyway, so I pull up the 2009 video. I not only, I guess when I started praying for her, Adalis filmed it on her iPhone. And so we have film of the prayer, then her testifying about being healed. And I thought that was awesome. So I'm going to play it for you, and then we're going to get into day seven, day 11. We're, we crest halfway at some point today. 21 days of fasting and prayer. Day 11, seven people who can't come with you in 2024. Share the broadcast and enjoy this video. still skin and bones, but all her healthy colors back in her skin. And then that was her eating that night. First time she'd eaten in six years. And, um, and then she, you know, she was there the next year with her husband and everything. So 
I enjoyed watching that again. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're going through a hard time, that's a that's a a little testimony for you that there's nothing that's going on that God can't t- can't take care of today before the end of the day. It doesn't take 21 days. Got to do it today when it comes to healing. All right, let's get into it. 21 days of fasting and prayer, day 11. Seven people who can't come with you in 2024. Um, introduction. You must have a gatekeeping system in your life. Write that down. I must have a gatekeeping system in my life. Everybody can't get you whenever they want you. You can't have your days determined by the first phone call you received in the morning. You have to determine your day. That's called a gatekeeping system. I have people come up to me on the road. Sorry for the email that I sent you. I said some things that I I, I didn't know. You know, I was new to the faith. I didn't realize what you were teaching at the time. I apologize. I never got your email. No need to apologize. Who's that? Magalas? Yes. What's going on? No, I'm good. I got I got coffee. What a video, huh? It's cool. Memories. You have to have a gatekeeping system. Magalas that walked in basically is my gatekeeping system. No, no emails that are sent to Revival today are going to my phone. To, to be honest with you, I don't know how to get into the Revival Today emails. If you sent an email and said, could you please read my email, someone would have to send it to me. So you, you need to be deliberate about who don't wind up with people in your life. Choose where you're going and who you're going with. There shouldn't be people in your life because you went to fourth grade together. You might have people in your life that you went to fourth grade with, but they should, that shouldn't be the reason they're with you. We lived in the same neighborhood. We grew up together. And those are the people, you know, you, you've changed. Yes, I did change from the age of 10 to the age of 43, and I'll probably change more from 43 to 65. I'm changing. If you want to stay the same, you know, I know, I know our relationship uh, started off us playing street hockey together, but I'm finding less and less time to do that these days now that I have a wife and family and 51 uh, employees. So our, <laughs> I, I can't take you forward. People are going to have to change with you to go forward. I left a lot of people behind in the ministry because I, God hooked me up with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. And as much as they said, you know, this denomination we're in is dead. There's no Holy Spirit here. They would, well, come with me. I'll take you to where there is the Holy Spirit. They looked like five-point bucks on the interstate in the services. Oh, yeah, they claimed that they wanted more of God. They didn't want dead church. But then when you got them to where the life was, they retreated. It's too much for them. They went back to the old system, and they're still in exactly the same place. You know, a lot of the stuff I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say today is going to make me sound extra rude, and I'm not intending to be, but I feel strongly about this stuff. If you're going to go forward, then we can go forward together. If you're not going forward, I don't know what the problem is. I'm not trying to diagnose what the problem is, but I'm, I, I'm going forward. I want you to write that down in your notes and in the comments. I'm going forward. So if some, you can't move forward, hooked together with people that are going backwards or rooted to the spot, as our British uh, broadcasting buddies in, in the soccer booth say. He was rooted to the spot. It means he didn't move. 
Guy kicked the ball and he never, never moved his feet. So if people are standing still and you're hooked up to them and you're trying to go forward, it, it's, it makes for a real unnecessary struggle. It's an unnecessary struggle. 80 plus percent, I would say, of what people deal with has to do with who they, they decided to align themselves with. By the way, don't put in the comments, well, that's my husband, what should I do? Well, that, that's, that's, a, that's your problem. You're in covenant with him. Pray for him. you got to stay with that guy. But that's one guy. Your wife's one lady. There's a lady that wrote me a long lecture on my uh, Instagram post yesterday. I looked. She's divorced. Okay, so you nagged one man out of the house. Now you're just on the search on Instagram for other men who aren't your, your husband to annoy. That's what I felt like writing, but I, I didn't. I just played video games instead. So, yeah, your wife's one lady. Your husband's one guy, that you're in covenant. You don't get divorced because uh, you don't get divorced. Christians, you're not, you, you work things out. But um, what about the rest of the people? The rest of the people you choose. So let's talk about that, because I didn't want to people, that's my, because I'm telling you, you'll have people do it. You watch, because there's new people popping on all the time. I'm going to get three, three points in. Oh, my, that's my husband. What I, I need to leave him behind. No, you don't. You, you need to work it out. But outside of your spouse, this all applies. Have a gatekeeping system. Have a gatekeeping system, or the devil will use that. The fact that anyone can get to you, he'll start your day discouraged every day. I. I don't care who you are, as positive as you see me and as joyful as you, as you see me. If every day I woke up to an email about things I really didn't enjoy about coming to your church, what you posted on Instagram I didn't feel was becoming a minister. If you start your day with negative news and every discouraging voice has free access to your ears, it is going to severely limit how high you fly in life. So let's get to it. Seven people who can't come with you in fasting in, uh, um, in 2024. Number one, rebellious people. Get rid of rebellious people. People who you have told to do something and they, they won't do it. Now obviously, you have to be an authority over somebody for them to be rebellious. But I'm going to give you an example. One of the churches that I, I preached at... Um, I finished preaching, and, and the Lord must have spoken to the senior pastor. He's a good guy. He said, you know, I hired, we needed a youth pastor. So I hired a youth pastor. And um, I, I know I'm supposed to fire him. I felt that for like months, but I feel bad. Now, let's take a pause here. The thing the devil is going to prey on to cause you to not do what I'm saying is what most Christians have, which is they, they, they are easily manipulated because they feel bad for everybody. They feel that our call uh, to the Great Commission is not go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. It's help every living soul who comes into your path that needs help. And you can't do that. Jesus was not running around chasing problems. He taught the word, preached the word, healed the sick, cast out devils. 
Then he'd say, let's, let's go. They, he didn't take them with him. He took the 12. Among the 12, he had three. And among the three, he had one. So even out of the 12, you know, that's why it's pointless. I always hear Christians go, I don't want, like when we started the Bible college, we were talking before the Bible college students came. You know, we want to talk to them about not having cliques. There's always going to be cliques. There's people that you get along with better than people than other people. There's people that set you at ease. You, when, you, when, when, when they're in the room, you get happy. Pay attention to that. Who, when they come into the room, do you relax? I like him. I like her. I like when she's around. That's who I choose for our, our floor people for the broadcast. I like somebody that's in the room that has like a, is nice to be around and, and, and isn't, fake, you know, not fake laughing at stuff, but enjoys my humor and, you know, like makes for a better atmosphere in the room. There's guys here that, from Kentucky who I particularly don't enjoy. No, there, there's guys here in the studio from Kentucky. They messaged last night, what's the chances we could come into the broadcast? I, I know the leader of the group. I like them. So. You know, you'll, 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 it's not an inconvenience to have you here. It, it makes a warmer room. Pay attention. And then who who could come into the room right now that I'd be like, hey, let's start watching who we let in, huh? I don't want that guy in here when I'm broadcasting. Pay, why? Pay attention to that. Who brings you stress and who sets you at ease? So to finish the story, number one, the rebellious can't come with you in 2024. So I, his wife was holding, the youth pastor's wife was holding Tupperware parties in the church, her own personal Tupperware parties, which, by the way, what, a, what, what a mastermind plan to make money. You, you missed the wave by about 25 to 35 years. She was holding Tupperware parties in the church. So they told her, you can't use the, so then other people from the church started say, wanting to do their side business ventures in the church sanctuary, so they had to tell her, hey, listen, you, you're welcome to sell Tupperware. You can't do it in the church. She got mad and started posting two or three times a week as the youth pastor's wife about the church she's on staff at that she draws a paycheck from. I can't believe that my church won't allow me to sell Tupperware, so selfish. I mean, multiple posts, all caps, other church people commenting, can't believe they would do that to you. So he told me that and showed me the post and said, what would you do if you were me? I said, they'd have been fired the second I saw the first post. You got to be, that's not even rebellion. You're out of your mind. You're, you're, you're like a crazy person. You're like somebody that would start a Twitter account to give their thoughts on life through the lens of a squirrel. Level crazy. <laughs> You're out. I, he said, what would you do now? I said, they would be fired at 8 in the morning. He fired him at 8 in the morning, and he called me, and after he fired him, he told me, man, I feel so much better. Yeah, that's the sign that you made the right move is when you feel a burden lift. When something adds a burden, get rid of it. I want you to write down, I can't help everybody. And if, if you'll really understand that, you won't feel bad. If God couldn't keep Adam walking with him every day, 
And Jesus couldn't keep Judas walking with him every day and doing miracles and fasting and praying. What makes you think you can change anybody? I do everything I can do to somebody I feel to help. You know, there's a man I knew. I led him to the Lord. I had, he had my cell phone number. He wasn't just somebody I led to the Lord in the church. We were, I wouldn't say we were friends, but I, we, we were as close to being friends without being friends as you could be, if that makes any sense. And he got back on heroin. And I, after I led him to the Lord, I got him to detox. I sent him to Teen Challenge. I had Kofi fly him on the plane to make sure he got checked in up in Boston because I wanted to get him out of Pittsburgh. Then he came back to church. Then he was faithful to church. He was bringing people. Then then he quit returning everybody's calls, including mine, and then they found him. He had been dead for five or six days from a heroin overdose in an apartment. I didn't go to the funeral. I didn't help pay for the funeral. I put tens of thousands of dollars into that guy while he was... I did everything I could do. And I don't feel bad. If he's in hell, I'm very sorry. Very, very sorry. I could not have done any more than I did. I don't see God shed any tears when Adam left the garden. He had to go. You, you ruined it. You made a choice. Out you go. If God could kick Adam, who he created in his image and who he loved, out of the garden for poor choices, who are you? I just feel like if I could just spend. You're, 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 you're actually an arrogant person. If, if the Holy Ghost can't help him, what am I supposed to do? That's why really in the ministry... You sow the word. You don't run around and chase people that are in trouble. You sow the Bible. I can't fix people. The Holy Spirit has to fix me. God has to do it. And if if he can't, and by he can't, I don't mean he's, he's limited in his power. But if, if someone won't allow God to change their heart, what am I going to do? Them having lunch with me three times a week isn't going to do anything. Get rid of the rebellious. If you're a business owner or a pastor, an evangelist, you don't have people on staff and pay them a salary to help them. You put people on staff who advance the vision. Ben's the floor man today. I like him a lot. He's newly married. I'm not paying him because he's newly married. I want to help him out. When he hired him, he wasn't newly married. I know I just he's a young guy. He's got a good heart. You know, he completely sucks at everything he does, but he's a, he's a, we want to help him. No, nah, you, you, that's not how you live. Quit having people in to preach at your church to help them. His wife just left him, and uh, he doesn't have any income. So then send, send him benevolence money. Don't torture your congregation having to listen to some washed-up bum preacher. Now, if you listen to all this and don't make any changes, everybody still has your phone number. Let me, let me throw this in. Let's back up to the introduction. About 80% of you should get a new phone number before February 1st. Did you hear me? Most people watching me should get a new phone number by February 1st.
Let, let's back up to the introduction and deal with that. Someone in the app said, what if they're family or siblings? When I'm, when I'm talking cutting people off, I'm not talking beheading them or stoning them to death. I'm talking about controlled access. I'm not telling you to, to make a bunch of phone calls after the broadcast. Hey, um, Mike, I know you're my brother. I was just watching a YouTube video. I'm never talking to you again. Controlled access. When you want. Did you know Benny Hinn used to change his phone number every 30 days? I don't know if he still does. Benny Hinn used to change his phone number every 30 days. You know why? Anytime somebody asks for his number, sure. <laughs> Ain't going to be my number in another 11 days. I've, I tell people, it, I stuttered when I, the first couple times I did it. The more I do it, the easier it rolls off the tongue. Hey, would it be okay if I got your phone number? I don't give out my phone number, but if you're on Instagram, you can message me there. If I don't get right back to you, just do it again so it gets to the top of the stack. I actually do message, uh, run my own. I'm pretty easy to reach. You can reach me at, at squirrel talk, <laughs> John. On X. So change your phone number. Gatekeeping system. Number one, the rebellious. Number two, the joyless. Who's in your life right now that when you talk to them, not only are they joyless, they suck the life out of your body when you talk to them. I told him a year or two ago at our staff, there's a young lady that worked here. She was walking by with slumped shoulders. So I asked when she, I said, what's her problem? I don't know. I said, well, tell her to figure out what the problem is because if she keeps walking around looking like that, I'm going to fire. I don't want her in my field of vision. Why do you look like that? Are you saved? Then notify your posture and your face. Write this down underneath the joyless. When your joy stops, make a change. When your joy stops, make a change. Now, that's not just with people. Pop in with me, Magas. There you go. Set up and have a coffee. <laughs> now, you can walk in front of the camera. You're, you're uh, second in command. That's funny. When your joy stops, make a change. Now, that's not just for people. That's, that's for life. Yeah. Pay attention to what doesn't. You know, there's things that used to bring you joy that don't bring you joy anymore. You change as a person. Go to your closet. There's clothes that you're not going to wear anymore. And at the time you bought them, you were so happy you had that, that outfit. You don't, you don't even dress like that anymore. You went through your hip-hop phase. <laughs> don't do, write this down underneath too. Don't do things that used to make you happy. And don't hang around people who used to make you happy. Maybe they've changed. People change. A devil entered into Judas. 
you know, I'm not just trying to rattle off points and show you how well I've, I've figured life out through the Word of God. I want you right now to pause Good. and think, what, what is still a part of your life that you hate? You hate that you have to do that. I, I, I can tell you for me on number two, I've cut it all out of my life. I, I don't do anything in the ministry that I don't like doing anymore. All, all the administrative stuff. And then God sends people to help you. I have one on, on my uh, left right here, you know, where if she was in charge, if, if they told her she has to preach 21 nights consecutively, she'd be, you know, it, it would wreck her peace. And if I had to do what she's going to do today, it, it would bother me. <laughs> so true. So find where your joy has stopped and make a change. What do you have to add, since you are my gatekeeping system, what do you have to add to that about having a gatekeeping system, both personally and in the ministry, and making sure you control who has access to you to keep your peace and your joy? Um, I think that you're vetting like where you're at in any given season, constantly. Because could you imagine, um, you know, you aren't at a place where you were at even a year ago. So constantly vetting and checking out, like, because you are in different seasons of your life. Uh, For me, it was being a mother and then that changed things up. So I think a lot of times we can get so kind of stuck in our ways that we, we don't, we're not flexible and we don't, you know, we don't take time to, to protect where we're at. So yeah, I think a lot of times we can get stuck in the, just kind of like the, the same old, same old. So it's good that you, Keep, keep track of where you're at. You know, I don't, I don't drink alcohol. The strongest thing I put in my body is uh, crystal meth. The, oh my God. No, it's okay. I, 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 I don't drink alcohol, but I, I feel like in this point, I feel like a lot of um, about doing, not doing anymore what used to make you happy. I feel like a lot of people that drink, it hasn't made them happy. I, just looking at them yeah. at the bar. It doesn't look like it made it's made them happy. I don't think there's a lot of people my age at 43 who'd be like, I went out and had some beers last night. It was awesome. I think it's like a memory from when they were 21 or 23, and now they're enslaved to something that brings them no joy because yeah. it used to make them happy. Well, it might not be alcohol, or in my case, crystal meth, but for you, <laughs> it might be, what are you doing still that doesn't make you happy anymore? Yeah. I can't see it for any reason. There could come a time. I don't really feel like going to Arizona anymore. It, Arizona could change. Yeah. Arizona could go California, ho- homeless tent camps, you know, and I'll start sounding like an old guy. I'll start sounding like your grandfather. We used to come on vacation here. There was none of this. This was, there used to just be nothing but land and good views. Look at how they built this. Yeah, things change. So adapt. Adapt. Don't yes. lock into something that, that used to make you happy. Number one, get rid of the rebellious. Number two, get rid of the joyless. What's the scripture? Um, How happy are thy servants? So you can get it first. When the queen of Sheba went to go see King Solomon, she said, how happy are thy servants? You know, Kristen has my sense of humor because she's from Rhode Island. And she wrote, um, laundry doesn't make me happy anymore. You know, as even though you were probably saying that tongue in cheek, I did that for a Dallas. Yeah, 
I organized a system to, to, do, to just take everything to a wash and fold and just come to grips with the fact the laundry's not going to be done as nicely as you do it, but it's going to free up 10 hours a week. I don't need, you know, I don't need somebody with your capabilities do, doing that. Help, you're helping somebody's business. Hire a cleaning lady. Get the faith for it. Let's say, how much, how much is a cleaning person to come to my house? $200 a week. $200 a week. In the time they take to clean the house, could you think of something you could do that would earn $200 a week? If not, then clean your house. But if you can, make a change. Put the scripture up again, 1 Kings 10, 8. Happy are thy men. This is the Queen of Sheba remarking about who is around Solomon. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. Verse 9. Tori said verse 9 too, and I trust her. We'll see if I regret that. Yeah. Verse 8. Happy are thy men. Happy are thy servants. I want you to write down, Solomon only hired happy people. I would take Abraham that travels with me on the roads happy. Jay that's traveled, my nephew Jay that is traveling with me on the road some and is going to go down to Texas with me today, I believe. Yeah? Uh, I think so. He's not a happy person, but he makes me happy. (laughs) He's a deeply Boston sarcastic person. He's a miserable person, but he makes me me happy with his sarcastic comments about everyone and everything. (laughs) So I'm telling you, you'll go far in life happy. I would take, if Jay and Abraham weren't in the picture, I would take a happy, unsaved person to be my armor bearer on the road and believe that they'll get saved at some point than I would a Christian that's really just been being attacked lately. There's been, like, there's a real spiritual attack going on. I, I can't take it. It's the worst. Number... What do you have to say about joy? You know, Magalis, if you don't know, if you're, if you're new, to, uh, new to being around here, she is the, the head administrator for the ministry, along with Patrick, and um, she does the hiring and everything. So what do you have to, what do you have to add with joy? Because we have, remarkably so, and by remarkably so, I mean, when other ministries come, they remark that this, well, you, got, you have a happy group of people that work here. It's like... You know, even Bill was telling me, our, our mutual friend Bill, like how much life there is here and, yeah. and joy. What's, what, how, how, why do we have that and how did you cultivate it? And how did you keep it from getting like a funeral home like most church offices? Yeah, I think it's because we're, you know, it flows from the top down. So you can't have joyful employees without the joyful leaders. So even the most stoic of sorts, like Patrick, you know, he is a very joyful person, even yeah. though he's stiff and whatnot, and he doesn't have much of a personality, but he's full of joy. Like this morning, he went to um, pray for his 80-year-old grandfather. And so I was like, oh, is he all right? He said, oh, he was, he's been in a dirt bike accident. It was just like, one of, it was clearly oh. a joke. But, you know, it's, it's, you have the people in leadership that are full of joy. Rom, he's full of joy. Nick, full of joy. So, um yeah, so I think that there's only one way for your... Because I actually got asked that by a pastor who was completely joyless. And I, it was tough to say, you know, yeah, it starts with the like leadership. You. Yeah. No, and you know what? It's good you brought that up. If you're, if you're listening to us, man, all the people around me aren't happy. How are you? Uh-huh. 
Maybe you're somebody that if you were happy, it would be impossible to stay happy working for you. Joy, joy and being around you. Maintain your joy. That is priority one. Amen. Don't let anything, Jason, my friend Jason wrote on YouTube, the joy of the Lord is our strength. The MIA 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. If you're sad, something's wrong. Yeah. When your joy stops, make a change. Third type of person to get rid of. This is 21 days of fasting and prayer, day 11, seven people who can't come with you into 2024. This is so good. Number three, bums. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Dallas wrote this together, <laughs> and that was her contribution. Bums, B-U-M-S. And if I was more intelligent and took more time to prepare, it would be B period, U period, M period, S period, and it would be like an acronym of what a bum is. <laughs> you would be unproductive. I don't know. I don't have time to think of what B, M, and S would be. <laughs> Get rid of bums. Unproductive. Happy to sit home. Their goal in life is to stay where they were born. Yeah. Unproductive people. You know what I would put under bums? Because I'm going to get into more specific things. What if you have people that are in your close circle that they aren't anything negative, but they also don't add anything? You know, this is what I've heard in my 21 years of travels a lot of pastors say about somebody they have on staff. He's not a bad guy. Is he a good guy? Right. Why do you have non-playable characters drawing a salary <laughs> from the church? What does he do? Ah, you know, he's a good guy. That's his job. Just walk around and kind of be a good guy. <laughs> Get rid of, of bums. I should expound on it, but I'm going to expound on it. In the, in, you know, whoever who's a bum? Whoever came to your mind right now? That's so funny. Number four, which will extract, <laughs> oh, sorry, one, two, three. Oh, sorry. I so wait, bums is like is like people who are just losers. Or not necessarily, or just mediocre. People that have no... Mediocre. Mediocre. Lukewarm. Lukewarm. Hey, want to go to church this night? Uh, anyone's not yet. You know, they're not on fire. They go to church when they can. I'm dealing with a lot. I'm like sad. It, or there's just, there's not, no contribution. What's the contribution? Oof. What are they bringing to the table? Again, churches have all kinds of people on staff. There's nothing bad, but they also don't add anything. The youth pastor hasn't molested anyone, but he also hasn't grown the youth group. He's a bum. He hasn't embezzled any money, but he also has been babysitting the, the same group of teenagers forever. It doesn't grow. Bums. Unproductive, no growth. Number four, four, seven people can't come with you in 2024. The discourager. Mm -hmm. People have people in their lives that any positive move you're getting ready to make, 
they're going to discourage you. It doesn't matter what it is. They discourage you from fasting. You saw the lady write in the comments the other day that her mother-in-law told her, you're going to get sick from this. Yeah. That's not even a medical thing. Fasting is a healing thing, not a sickening thing. Yeah. And who's she? Seriously. Dummy. Who's your mother-in-law? 60-year-old Jennifer Lopez that's in perfect health and can still dance on stage for it? That's probably some <laughs> fat bum in a faded Cleveland Browns hoodie. You're going to get sick. You're sick. <laughs> Look at you, the picture of health. You nicotine-smelling Elizabeth Taylor, stale white diamonds wearing. The discouragers have to go. Yeah. Don't bring them with you after this fast. Get a different phone number. Amen. I feel glad to go to Bible college. Always pulling back. We are unable to take the country. Discouragers kept. Now, there were 10 spies who spread their wicked, evil report of unbelief and discouraged the people to not listen to Joshua and Caleb. They're not content to just keep their negativity to themselves. They have to shower it onto you so that even, even if you don't listen to them, they're still in your ear. We should go back to Egypt. What about the leeks and garlic of Egypt? We miss it. Cut the voice off. Discouragers. Who's a discourager in your life? I had them. I think, I think they've all quit on me. I think, I, honest to God, sometimes I feel like the devil's just given up on me. This guy's nuts. I, I don't even know what to do. He's a talking squirrel now. I felt like I had succeeded in giving him a mental breakdown, but then sometimes it seems like he's just doing it to be funny. I, I, I don't know. Make the discouragers, give up, cut them off. Yeah. I had plenty of them starting off in the ministry. Are you, think, are you thinking about um, getting another job? Now, anytime a pastor would say that to me during a week of meetings, I already knew he was going to give me nothing for an offering. Oh, no. You know, when you're already saying, <laughs> the, the week's not even over, hey, are you considering other work? Uh, I guess, I guess uh, I'm guessing a couple uh, million ain't coming in this week <laughs> if you're talking about getting a job at Sitco. <laughs> Have you thought, you know, I know a lot of evangelists have to have a second source of income, so have you given thought to that? <sighs> How about why? Why won't you? Hey, let's believe God that this is the most radically blessed week you've ever had in church. I've tried, you know, and I, I thank God for all those people I was around, and I mean that. I'm not saying that like in, in a Christian, I actually hate them, but I'm going to say I, I thank God for them. Because they turned me into somebody that makes sure anybody that preaches at this church, right. it's the best experience they've ever had. So true. Financially, hotel, mm -hmm. accommodations. I've sent jets for people. I've ordered jets to take people home that just came to preach. I've had gospel singers come and sing and given them, had them sing three songs and given them 10 grand per song. Because I don't, I want to be an encourager. I want, if somebody came to this church and was thinking of quitting secretly as, as they are preaching and stuff and been going through a hard time in the ministry, when they leave with our check from our church for $300,000 for preaching one night, you know, that'll do something for you. You know what? I think I can do this one more year. 
My Uncle Ted called me and told me, I just want you to know that the offering that you gave me when I spoke at your church in July enabled us to do this, this, and this in the ministry and still have money in the bank. I want to say thank you. Wow. There's nobody watching that has an experienced discouragement. Yeah. And you know how that feels. Why be a discourager? And number two, why keep them around? When somebody has revealed themselves as a discourager, however they speak, disguising it in the prophetic. Lord, I just had a dream about you that you were driving in a an 18-wheeler ran over the car. I don't know if that's literal or... Either way, whether it's literal or not, stop telling me. <laughs> Let a guy tell me that a guy that said he was a prophet from Ghana. Oh. Uh, the devil is planning an accident for Jonathan in in uh, Florida that is going to take his life. So, Okay, so what do you want me to do about, with that information? Okay, the devil's planning the Great. Any other states? Where else should I stay away from? Shut up. I don't even know who you are. Who, who gives somebody a message like that? That's not the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And since we're on the subject, write that down under this. The Holy Ghost is an encourager, never a discourager. So anytime someone says something that discourages you, it's never the Holy Ghost. Ever. Even if the Holy Ghost had a word of warning or a rebuke, it would be the warning and rebuke, now do this instead. If that guy was speaking by the Holy Ghost, it'd be the devil's planning an accident for you in Orlando, Florida, in your upcoming trip. Cancel that meeting and go to Portland, Oregon instead. Contact so-and-so and hold a meeting there, and it'll be the greatest meeting you've ever had. That that would be the Holy Ghost. It never leaves it in the worry. It, God doesn't command you in his word not to worry, then give you words that cause you to worry. That's good. Hey, I see Pastor Joshua from Wisconsin here. Hey, Pastor, I heard you felt called to start a church uh, here in Milwaukee. I just want you to know that this is a very hard place and people are very You know That person's not speaking by the Holy Ghost. What do you think? The Holy Ghost spoke to someone? Hey, see that pastor over there? Go discourage him. It's a devil. Just write that down. Discouragement is a devil. So treat it like a devil. Jesus did. Master, Quit saying you're going to go to Jerusalem. Satan, get behind me. You're thinking from a human point of view. I'm to carry out the thing that God's called me to do. The voice of the discourager. What do you have to add for getting rid of discouragers? Um, That sometimes they're family members, and it's okay to shun them as well. And why are they... (laughs) Many times family members, because the devil knows if I'm walking down downtown Pittsburgh and some homeless guy sitting in a puddle of his own urine, he yells out, you're never going to make it. Correct. I wouldn't care. I know he's probably demonized or drunk. I just wave, maybe give him $5 for a sandwich. When your mother says it to you or your brother, like David with Eliab, I mean, it's in the Bible. David's brother. Well, who do you think you are? Go take a general. Go take care of our father's few sheep. I'm in the military. You're not even in the military. You're the least in our family. Hmm. I told you it was coming. Somebody wrote on YouTube, your spouse, question mark. That's another ball game. (laughs) I I I actually thought of that one too. Um, But yeah. You have to deal with a spouse differently. There's poisons. (laughs) I just saw that one uh, guy killed his wife with poison. He worked in a poison factory. 
It's like, you know, if you marry someone who works at a poison factory. Hey, you're taking a gamble. Hey, thanks for the coffee. Golly. <laughs> Heck. What's a poison factory anyway? Hey, got to go. I got I got to start at 10 <laughs> at the poison factory. <laughs> Why is there what are they making potions for <laughs> villains? Here, here's your smoking green vial of liquid. <laughs> so, as you said, discouragers are oftentimes in your own family. Yeah. How do you deal with that? I mean, I think that there's uh, that you have to set up boundaries, of course, and then protect information. You have to protect yourself. So there are certain things that I, I don't talk to with family members. First of all, there's a lot of family members that I just don't talk to um, to protect my peace and my joy. And that's purposeful. And uh, and I don't feel a, a little ounce of, you know. I don't know. I, I don't feel any kind of like... You don't feel bad about I it. I don't feel bad at all about that, it. That needs to be what she just brought up. That needs to be something that you have the Lord help you with, is to do the right thing and not feel bad about it. And not give a care. Yeah. Andrea said, Acme Poison Factory. Yeah. You worked with Wiley Coyote. <laughs> hey, I got to make some poison today, and then I'm making a big mat that turns into a hole. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to make a heavy anvil and deliver it to the top of a cliff to push down onto a road. My husband's going to the poison factory. Let me just have this drink real quick he poured for me. <laughs> is that a real story? It is. Golly. Was that on the uh, murder mysteries or whatever? No, it was on uh, something that popped up in my Instagram feed that has uh, like news stories. I, c- I could go find it. I'm sure somebody will put the, the link to it. It's a recent thing. I think it was in America. Yeah, but people feel burned Girl, all the, the poison t- factory. Yeah. This tea that you made me is really messing with my nervous system. <laughs> anyway, I can't connect the dots. Good day. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Yeah, and ever since I drank this tea you gave me, I've been frothing at the mouth and I can't form sentences. Well, <laughs> see you when you get home for dinner. Because <laughs> he poisoned her like over time. Oh. I, I actually watched the forensic files one time that this guy got arsenic and was poisoning his wife. She was having like diseases and they couldn't figure out like what was causing the diseases. So he kept poisoning her slowly with arsenic, but he did it so slowly that she built up a slight resistance to it. Oh no. So when they tested her, she had 330 times the lethal (laughs) limit of arsenic in her system, but had like adjusted to it. What a terrible murder. No doubt. And if you're going to do it, just dump the whole thing in and get it over with. This is 21 Days of Fasting and Prayer, Day 11. Seven people who can't come with you in 2024. You got to get rid of the discourager. Even if it's family members. Even if it's family. Now, you're you're still young, so it's not like we're having this conversation in our 80s and everyone who discourages you is dead. I know you have to be careful, but you were in a completely different situation than I was in. Everybody in my family was in the ministry. So I would like you, because you're going to speak to where most people are at, what do you do when everybody has a standard job or a standard way of living in that family, and then you're going to do something that's radically different, which you did a few things that were radically different. You and Magal, you and Adas uh, were the first siblings married. Yes. Which that's a big thing for people. Yes. You know, the Bible says in the last days, give honor to marriage, which means people aren't go- they'll say it's wrong to be married. Well, we haven't hit the point where they've said it's wrong to be married. But there's at least a dishonor to marriage. Somebody will drop 20 grand on their daughter's quinceanera 
And then, but then when she wants to get married four years later, I'm not paying for that. You only need to get married for. There's like, there's a push away from doing things the right way. So if you come from a family like that, where for me to do the right thing was going downstream, but for you doing the right things going upstream, and then as a woman on top of it, how do you, how do you handle that? Um, you keep your love for the Lord, like fiery hot. And I, and I, we, we talked about this a little bit on the podcast yesterday, but, um, at some point when you're like so intoxicated with the love of God, it doesn't matter who you need to cut out. You understand that you're on a mission and you're waiting or you can just cut, trim off the proverbial fat. Um, and so I don't think at the time that we were making the decisions, we gave, we gave any poos. So it was just like, we were so in love with the Lord. We so wanted to operate in, in obedience. We so wanted to just give our lives for the Lord that it just didn't seem like there, it was even a price to pay. So we immediately, um, you know, and I think that my family would, would agree, but we cut ties with a lot of our family, including my mom, including my dad, um, for a season. And so we only, we developed this hunger for the Lord that allowed us to kind of, um, curate like the, the atmosphere. So we only wanted to be around people of like faith. And I will say as an outside observer, when you were 19 or, or 20, you did do the positive of what we're teaching today. You know, Adalis and Magalis had a shell of friends that were on fire for God. Summer missions yeah. trips, traveling together to, to meetings in different churches in different states. I see some of you that come here have that. You know, it's like the guys in Kentucky, they didn't come by themselves. You, God's given you a group of people that, that are in like pursuit. I, I would pay attention to that. If you have that, don't lose it. Amen. But if you don't have that, build up towards that. Because we were, we got saved at 14 and 15 and we would plan rides with Pastor Max just to be in the, in the house of the Lord. We, it would be just Adalis and I, there was times where we would just be at the church by ourselves, vacuuming the entire sanctuary at CIC. So it was, it was, year, you know, it probably took two years before we built like friendships and a group that was like super duper strong. Um, and that group only continued to get bigger and bigger as we got older. But, um, yeah, it takes like a resolve in your mind that I'm going to do the will of God. I am so in love. I'm so intoxicated. I want to see his plans and purposes come to pass in my life that not literally nothing, no relationship can thwart that. Megan said, what's the scripture that backs up cutting people out of your life? So a family asks, I can say it's biblical. No one should know. The last thing you should do is have a conversation, unless they're your employee. You can't just lock them out of the building. No, you can't. You you have to like formally terminate um, the relationship with an employee. You, I, I'm telling you yeah. not to have a conversation with your, hey, I'm going to be distancing myself. You know, it's like people, I'm taking a break from social media. Great, take a break. No one cares. You don't have to announce it. You'd have to be a jerk. All right, Kim Kardashian, thanks, because I want to know what, what to do if I didn't see you online for two weeks. No doubt. I'd have been frigging going out of my mind, so thank, <laughs> thanks for the clarification. You don't have to announce your moves. Don't announce your moves. Yeah. Just make your moves. We never said anything like that to my family. Yeah. It would be so disrespectful. I'm going to be distancing myself from you for, don't do that. You'll make people hate God. They'll hate you and hate God. Yeah. Change your focus. Instead of it being, what does, like, I needed the approval of my family. I need now the approval of the Lord and then just stay laser focused. 
but you don't have to have that conversation with your family. No. And, and let, could you imagine if I did, our family wouldn't be here today. Yeah, think, think, yeah that's right. Think of how, how Magalas handled things. They not only have a great relationship with, with their family today, all of them work at Revival today. They all moved here. Moved, from, from moved to Pennsylvania and they're all here. I walk by them every day and pretend I'm on my phone so I don't have to talk to them. <laughs> Um, yeah, be smooth. I'm glad that lady wrote that in the comments because Christians are very dumb when it comes to that. I'm going to be distancing myself from you for a season. Don't do that. Don't say it. Just do it. And, and don't do it. It's not that you can't ever talk to them again. It's just remember the gatekeeping system, change your number. Who has access to it? My phone's on do not disturb. And I take it off, do not disturb, when I'm ready to see who's called and texted. Number five, question mark? Yes. Five? Unproductive leeches. That's the Dallas's again. Bums and unproductive leeches. So bums are just no, you know, they're not adding anything, not necessarily subtracting anything. What's unproductive leeches? I need a ride. Do you have money? Help people when you feel to help people. I don't help able-bodied men. I don't. The second somebody texts me and asks me for money, we're done. That's a violation of you having my number. True. And sometimes I'll send the money. <laughs> Could you consider sowing a $1,000 seed? Sure. Send it. Block. I'll give you the money, but we're not going to, you know, now, now I know. So all this was just to lead up to you getting $1,000. Okay. Yikes. You got me. I'll consider it a thousand dollar fee and not have to talk to you anymore. <laughs> I feel like I got a good deal. <laughs> unproductive leeches. Oof. So why do you get rid of unproductive leeches? <laughs> Remember, before you get on your high horse from your seat atop the great white throne about how you help, we should help people. I, 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 and we together in this ministry feed two thousand children a day. Mm-hmm. But I don't talk to them. I don't talk to 2,000 children every day, and I don't talk to their parents. I can't. It would burn me out. I have things to do. Do you think it's because people feel like, I'm just because Lindsay Ekstrom just said, I couldn't imagine asking somebody for money. Like, what causes that? Like, what? Co- like you don't have any pride? What happened? What causes is it, it? Or is it just, being the opposite or is of Lindsay Ekstrom? Lindsay Ekstrom has a good job at uh, air traffic control. Is it the idea that maybe that I deserve that some of that? That ripped off that plane that was directly from her advice. <laughs> um, is it because like you have much class. and it's like, uh, and I feel entitled, entitled to that? Entitled and just not having class. Not being raised right. Like your mother, Matilda, is not, she would never, she would starve to death before she'd ask somebody for food. No doubt. And so you're either like that or, hey, you have food. I'm hungry. Can I have some of your sandwich? Gross. And, you know, you have to teach your children that way. I see, I see Pastor Stan Pody here, who is also not a leech or unproductive. I'd love to hear his take on that because he's like that in a good way. And his children are like that. 
You're either a giver. See, one of the great side benefits of being a giver, giving makes your mind work in the other direction. You're never thinking about who can give to you or who should give to you. You're thinking about who you could give to. Mm. I bought a Dallas because it's going to be six degrees next week. I went on Canada Goose in order to the nicest, full-length, warmest jacket that a woman can own. It's rated for minus 35 Fahrenheit. Then I got Camila one because she's had, they don't even make like nice kids jackets for a winter. So, but I found one. I searched around and got her one. Then I got Camila's best friend, Anna, who's her cousin, who's Magalis' daughter that she just got custody back from the state of Pennsylvania. Turns out the cigarette burns were accidental. All right, all right. Because um, <laughs> I know Camila, one, one, she doesn't have a ton of flaws, but one of them would be she'd be telling Anna about her new jacket and rubbing it in her face. So I got <laughs> Anna a nice one. Then that felt so good. I got Magalis one. Then I got Tasha, their sister one, and uh, Damaris. Which, by the way, when does it get here? <laughs> Uh, tomorrow or no t- some of them today at seven i think yours, yours on monday just before the cold snap yes. so i got the two sisters oh, tasha and magalis one yesterday i did it in groups i did the three one day then it felt so good i went on a tear yesterday magalis <laughs> she, she's been with me from the beginning Adalsa's twin sister then their other two sisters they're elderly it's gonna be six degrees <laughs> damaris can hear you okay <laughs> but, you know damaris would be prone to pneumonia at her age tosh did you hear that I think they're in, uh, <laughs> heading up on 60. <laughs> Jacked up. So I got them jackets. And then I got uh, Maddie, Jay's wife, one yesterday. Oh, that's so okay. I'm about 10 grand deep in the jacket game. Because <laughs> it felt good. But you know what? You know what? I'm, when I do that, I'm not thinking about who. How come nobody ever gets me a jacket? It, it gets all that out of your mind. Where when you get around most Christians and most pastors, what are, what are you know, you know, this family he, he has his own law firm. Do you know what they put in the offering every week? $50. The guy's a millionaire. <laughs> They're thinking about what? Holy moly, Tyler. Nice. I believe it. Tyler Copeland said it's minus 38. He's in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. I'd move. I'd I, leave. I was there no. in uh, Saskatoon. It was minus 35. There's no way that your home can be actually warm during. No, it is. Oh. If you have a good home. I'll tell you what, though. At minus 35, that's without wind chill, by the way, when he, when he puts that up there. It hurts to walk. Of course. Like, you couldn't walk outside holding a coffee with no glove on to your car. By the, before you got to your car, you, you'd be, like, switching hands. It, you could feel it, like, Ugh. your hand dying. No. Nope. Kofi went with me. Oh, my goodness. Oh from West Africa. Goodness. He looked the angriest. <laughs> he just looked angry. <laughs> like this. I love him. So, um... And then I went with Jay the next the next year, to, and it was minus thirty five for three days. Then it warmed up to thirty, from minus thirty five to thirty. Yeah, it was so it felt so warm because it was a sixty five degree swing. Yeah. we were walking around without jackets on and not like not cold. And then you want to know how you know that? Uh, Jay, Jay, and I were talking about it. You want to know how that how sin is like a, a demonic thing when it was minus thirty at night. There were girls in mini dresses standing in line to go to the club with no jackets on. Like mini dress, heels. I have several hundred pictures of it on my phone. 
<laughs> See, on, honest to God, like like mini dress and heels, no jacket at minus thirty. It's like you're demon possessed. Yeah, no doubt. Oof. So no. anyway, so no, that's uh, good to see you, Pastor Tyler. Unproductive leeches, non-givers, people that that it, they're extractors. They don't add value. I'm not saying only keep people in your life who give to you. I don't mean that. But I mean people that are just actively seeing you as a as transportation <laughs> and food. Yeah. And know you have money, and because they don't have money, feel like for some reason you owe them. <laughs> Thanks for backing me up, Ninja. Get them out of your life. By get them out of your life, I don't mean tell them I'm getting you out of my life. Change your number. Yeah. It's a new year. Decide. Do something most people let their whole life go by without ever doing. Choose who. I didn't end up with Pastor Rodney in my life. Mm-hmm. I pursued that relationship. I pursued a relationship with Jesse Duplantis. And whoever else I were to name. I don't have people in my life by accident. You need to do that. Now's the time to do it. That's good. One, two, three, four, five. Number six. Turn to Numbers 13 as we begin to round up. Hope you enjoyed today. I've enjoyed today. Me too. I'm glad you, I'm glad you came in. It was fun. What do you what do you, add something as I'm turning the numbers on the uh, on uh, unproductive leeches since that was your sister's term and you you guys share <laughs> a mind kind of um, unproductive leeches no I mean you you nailed it um, there was something that that I wanted to say and I and I totally lost it so no I don't have anything else to add that was good numbers thirteen. Verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Param. They reported to the whole community, you know, I'm not a betting man, but does DraftKings have odds on who's going to win the United States or Yemen? Because I will put everything I own on the United States military. I don't care. I don't care how little the payout is. I'll bet $2 million to win $2 million, $20. That, that's a lock for me. There, I just don't see Yemen having the game plan to knock our F-22s out of the sky with rocks. If somebody could find that out for me. What's the over-under on U.S. Yemen? After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses, Aaron, and the community. <laughs> I was just thinking of, because when I said Paran, it made me think of the Middle East. If you're watching from Yemen on a uh, VPN. Welcome. Glad that you're on. Just a little war humor. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a bountiful country, a land flowing with milk and honey. Here is the kind of fruit it produces, but the people living there are powerful, and their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, the Amalekites, live in the Negev, and the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. 
The Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once and take the land. I want you to write that in your notes and in the comments. Let's go at once. Anything you do for God, you do it at once. Leave your nets and follow me. Sell everything you own, give it to the poor, and come follow me. I'd like you to come to a crusade with me in in, uh, next month. The the Lord quickened me to call you from Tampa and ask you the next time you come down to come so I can show you what you want what what God wants to show you about evangelism. And I want that. So the people, think of this then. Write this down. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So someone doesn't even have to talk you out of doing it. They just have to talk you out of doing it right now. What if somebody came up to Peter? No, you can follow Jesus, but you know, you got to properly shut your business down. There's employees. You can't just leave your nets. And What are you going to do? Leave your nets and follow him? And leaving his nets, he followed him. So a discourager doesn't have to talk you out of doing it, just talking you out of doing it right now. Let me tell you something. 25 turns to 40 quick. 40 turns to 65 quick. There's people on here that have been meaning to join a gym for seven years. Come on. <laughs> Time goes. You, that's, what, that's one thing I love about fasting and prayer. It's like a reset button. All right, I'm taking three weeks. What have I allowed in that needs kicked out? What don't I have that needs brought in? Let's make our moves. A discourager doesn't have to talk you out of doing it. Just talk you out of doing it right now. Let us go at once and take the land. We can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They're stronger than we are. So they spread this evil report of unbelief among the land about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. Verse 10, the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb. That's the reward you get for having faith and a positive outlook. (laughs) I I disagree. Can we kill you? Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to all the Israelites at the tabernacle. I mean, you have that today. You got people on Instagram. These pastors telling everyone that's going to be their best year. Shame on them. All the Lord's, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? Will, the, will they never believe me? It's God you're moving against or for. Mm. Even after all the miraculous signs I've done among them, I will disown them and destroy them with a plague. Then I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they are. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Number six, backwards talkers. Can you find the specific scripture for me? Let's return to Egypt after God broke them out of Egypt. Where's the specific scripture? Let's return to Egypt. I mean, there might be a few of them. It's like a running thing Moses had to deal with. <laughs> Let's return to Egypt. Numbers 14, 4. Numbers 14, 4. Mm-hmm. Then and they, they said among another, themselves. Let's make our own leader and return to Egypt. That's a church split. Let's make our own pastor and have our own church. Mm. Let's make our own leader and return to Egypt. Number six, backwards talkers. People that talk you 
away from going forward and try to talk you into going backwards. I want you to write a word down under that point. Travel. Many of you come from families that are in an invisible prison. Jesus. No one has ever left that city. No one has ever left that state. You like Jesse Duplantis? Why have you never been to New Orleans to hear him preach at his conference? You love Rodney Howard Brown? Why have you never been to Tampa? I want you to make a point to travel this year. That's good. You love me? Go to Tampa. I want a break. <laughs> travel this year. How many of you by a show of emoji hands went to uh, what no eye has seen this year? And for some of you, it was the first time you ever took a trip, you know, first time you ever booked a hotel. Where do you, you figured all that out and did it. What did it do for you? It did more than just the benefits you got from that meeting. It made you a traveler. It made you someone that can't be confined to a region or a state. Stretch out your tent pegs. Expand your house. Spare no expense. Move. The spirit of, how, you know how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power? Who went about? When you get anointed and you get in the flow of the Holy Spirit, you don't stay in one place. Amen. You go about. You have a tiny world when you live in one city. Even if it's like New York. Everything's New York. You get around, it's different. That's awesome, Deborah. Move around. I've met Canadians. I've met Texans. Texans are very different than Pittsburgh people. Alabama. I felt more of a cultural difference when I was in Alabama than when I was in India. Honest to God. So its own Alabama should be its own nation. It, it's, it's got its own language. <laughs> I was thinking about preaching with an interpreter. <laughs> From English into Talladega. <laughs> Make 2024 the year you break out of the invisible prison that your family's been in. No one ever leaves New York. No one ever leaves Maine. You, you, you're in Canada. You've never been. I bet you there, there's people in Pittsburgh at our church that have never been to Canada. It's four hours north, yeah. but no one goes. They'll go seven hours to Myrtle Beach, but they, they've never seen Niagara Falls, one of the seven wonders of the world. It's three hours and 20 minutes north. Burgers Priest still open in Toronto? I, yeah, and with more locations. We should make a run after the fast. We should. Yeah, there's a burger place in Toronto called Burger's Priest. The Burger's Priest. It's the best cheeseburger I've ever had in my life. It would it, be worth it, driving there just for that. The, the buttered buns? Golly. <laughs> it was started by three seminary dropouts. Yeah. The Burger's Priest. That was awesome. Still open, right? Who's watching from Ontario? Burger's Priest is still open? That, that's, that will be a stop. When we went to the NHL Hall of Fame. NHL Hall of Fame. That was a great. And people love hockey in Pittsburgh and the NHL Hall of Fame. They got a whole, Mary Lemieux stuff is in there. They've never been. You could try on all the gear as the years progress. It's awesome. It it's great to travel. 
It does something to you. It makes you a big person yeah. instead of a tiny, where will we stay? How will we get there? It takes all that out of you. <laughs> you know, there had to be something in me for, past, for Bishop Dag to say, meet me in Angola. Where, in Africa? No. <laughs> I know where it is. Figure out where it is. Figure out the airport code. Book a flight. Get there. <laughs> yeah. Meet people. Right. It broadens your world. Sure. It makes you not racist. Yeah. You end up hating everyone <laughs> equally, regardless of color. <laughs> Man, I used to only hate white people. Now I hate everyone because I've traveled. All right. <laughs> so then you're not racist because you don't like anybody rather than just one group of people. I think one of the biggest breakthroughs that you ever had was actually seeing poverty for yourself in India. It changed me. That, that changed, trip to India changed me. It changed your life. It softened it my heart. The ministry. And yes, yeah, sadly, this is me with a softened heart. True. So imagine before I went to India, <laughs> I when I was like a young Benito Mussolini. <laughs> Get rid of backwards talkers. We took a show of hands. It was like 100% of kids when they told their, their Christian parents or somebody in their family they were going to Bible college, a Christian in their family told them to stay home. Yeah. Stay home is a spirit. What do you got to get out there for? Is it online? Are the services going to be online? Yeah. I've like come close to certain points to just shutting down online broadcasting. When people, there's a, because it's one thing, if they, you know, if, if, if like Timothy, that's in tons of meetings, is, are the meetings going to be a broadcast? He, he wants to watch. He travels all the time. Yeah. What's that? Is Bible college online? Are the meetings going to be online? Break out of that spirit. Make 2024 the first year you flew on a plane. Fly to Pittsburgh and be in one of the meetings. Keep your eyes Okay, I had you write travel under this point. I want you to write another word. Fly. Not Alaska Air, but. <laughs> Can you guys find the video of the of the team of engineers that made? <laughs> I pulled that the, for check the. You have it. Yeah. I have. The team of engineers that made the plane. That, that, that had the, the thing rip off? <laughs> There's a whole thing on that. Anyway, I'll just let me... Is, do you have read... Does it say ready for what I just asked? No. No. Oh. I just want to show that because it's funny. It's on a Matt Walsh's uh, X account. I know that. Over here, yeah. I okay, she sent it. So write, write the word down, fly. It bothers me when I hear somebody say, we drove 11 hours to be in your meeting. You I know, don't think you're listening to my teachings. <laughs> this will solve so many problems, too. I, there's so many women who are single looking for a husband, but they, they can like, we just had this lady from West Virginia move here less than a year ago. And she spent all of her thirties, almost single. And then she was here less than a year and now she's engaged. Right. Cause, cause yeah, you meet even at these things, which I've said before, you go to what, no, I've seen you make friends yeah. from all over the world. Yeah. Correct. You know, Jay, my nephew just got a text message from our driver from Cabinda. No way. 
Yeah, how you doing? Hope your Christmas. <laughs> you know, you, you get this big world. Yeah. You know why I say fly? Because it, it, it puts you in a different class than the bus or somebody that drives their car 11 hours. To, do it if you have to. But I don't know that you're saving money. Yeah, no doubt. Monitor monitor the, the flight. I'm not saying charter. I'm not saying stupid stuff. Some of you have never chartered a jet. I don't know. I'm saying fly. Southwest. Jet blue. Spirit. Stow away in an Amazon cargo plane. No doubt. Fly. Go at a bigger level. Yeah. Here is the team of engineers that built the plane that ripped off the side. Let's 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 see them, ladies. <laughs> this is let's them go, celebrating go. after they built the plane. Honest to God. Here they are. First all-female built plane. I'm going out tonight. I'm feeling all right. You can take it off because All right. Take it down. So that good job, ladies. <laughs> First mistake was letting them drive. There was now, a kid now, that was sitting there. The planes are going to. There was a kid that was sitting there who got his shirt ripped off. Really? Yeah. I mean, he's lucky to be he's, alive. He's probably like Good a Lord. gym addict and wanted it to rip off. It was like the old Hulk Hogan yeah. shirt. I, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh a my, my shirt's ripped off. <laughs> Way to the beach. Fresh spray tan. <laughs> Number. Get rid of backwards talkers. Write it down. I'm go. Is there a preferred airline? All, they all suck. <laughs> but but it'll do something to you. It'll make you a different person than we're going to drive 18 hours to Pittsburgh. You don't have to. You mo monitor flights. Have it send alert to your emails for, for deals. If you've never flown before, I want you to fly. Write down, I'm changing levels in 2024. Amen. Write it down. I am. I say am. it out loud. I'm right. changing levels in 2024. If you've never traveled, you're going to travel. Have if you've never flown, fly. Have you ever been to Turks and Caicos? No. No, I have. Would you want to? I don't ever want to leave America again unless it's to preach. Because like Turks and Caicos, I would just go to Miami. How about, how about the, which, which ones are the, the U.S.? Is it's it like when people Islands? invite me to Israel. You ever been to Israel? Ever been to Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have any. Las Vegas is like Israel just without uh, terrorists. <laughs> Except for every once in a while at a Western concert. Yuck. Why, why Turks and Caicos? Where did you see it? Um, on Insta. It was just like, you know how like, they do the beautiful beaches and social media like can make things look like a dream. But this one's interesting. So you, add, you added to the back talkers. Yeah, so, so this, is like, this is like an if, this is like an in an effort to, to basically thwart being a back talker yeah. is travel. Well, well not, not that. It's that let's return to Egypt. The stay home spirit. I see. Your mom. It's not that you're going to Bible college. It's it, that when will I see you? They want every, they, you know, your family has stayed in this circle. You can talk to that. Yeah. No one had, no one had left home. Now look, when you guys did it, everyone, I including your parents <laughs> left home. Including our parents. It was the hardest thing. And I always tell that to the, the Bible students. This is the hardest thing they'll ever do. And then after that, you can go anywhere. anywhere. You can do anything. And ultimately, all it is is this principle of comfort. So the moment that you step out of your comfort zone, that's really when you're you're going to be able to grow and expand. Um, and so ultimately, like when you when you talk about greatness, the biggest 
deterrent to greatness is comfort. So many people just want to be comfortable. They want yes. mom to be around the corner. They want that, their sister. That, they that want, was numbers 14. It's Let's like, go okay, back you, to Egypt. We missed the food there. Missed the food. You were baking bricks 18 no hours a day no and had to kill your sons that were yeah. born. And, and unfortunately, if you dumb it down to that level, then people might wake up. But even then, there's just kind of like an emotional pull to being, you know, Mediocre, but like if you were to say, okay, so you want to be close to your mother to play Scrabble on Thursdays over being obedient to the Lord and traveling the world. I feel, I feel to keep going with this broadcast and I see people, I've seen several people write, I wish this wasn't going to end. So I'm not, I'm not going to end it. Have uh, in the media room, just, just have the pastors deliberate amongst themselves in a huddle. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to lead prayer? And, and and have them lead prayer for the people down there, and have them pray. You but know, I, <clears throat> go ahead, keep going. Like I I often read about Jacob and Esau, and how Esau traded in his his birthright for a bowl of soup, and people do it every single day. People do it every single day. It's so true. You read that and you're like, for a bowl of lentil soup, lentils are disgusting. Although I love lentil soup. Yeah, but, but, but look, at, look at how more insane Numbers 14 is. That's your memory of Egypt? Not them beating you with whips. And see, that's what happens. <laughs> People get sick of their slavery. Then God breaks them out. Mm -hmm. Then they actually start longing to go back and live with their abusive boyfriend. Yeah. It's like the devil warps their mind. Like, we had such good times together. Really? When he, sw when he swelled both of your eyes shut? No doubt. Because he was drunk. You forget all that. Yeah. So they're actually longing for Egypt. Right. And, and turning back from the promised land flowing with milk and honey that God gave them. Yeah. It's the same today. No doubt. People are miserable, but they won't change. They want, they want God to give them breakthrough in the framework that they currently have. That's exactly right. But you should write down, not me. I know you guys said you're playing this downstairs, but have them lead prayer because people are coming to pray. They, if, if they wanted to watch the broadcast, they could stay home and watch the, the broadcast. So I, I want them to lead a service down there. And, and we're going to keep going here. Not forever. I won't keep you here all day. I, 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 I got a few things to do myself today. So why am I talking to you about traveling? Some of you have never left your state or your province. Travel. You know who travels? You want to know who doesn't have that problem? First Nations people or Native Americans. Do you remember that lady when we were in our Bridgeville office? Yes, that, that, I, I know, I, she, her face just came lady. in. Yes, she, she sang. Head. Yes. Yes. And she, she came 20 some hours to, to come say thank you I, and we I gave do. her all books. Yeah. She was in Fort Worth when I went there to preach no Tuesday. Way. She's in like northern, northwestern oh Canada. Gosh. You mean like That's Navajo wild. people and stuff, they're yes. everywhere. <laughs> Even during the COVID, because they had their own passport and could do what they want. Did you know that? No. So, like, they have a map of, like, Native or First Nations territories. So, Navajo goes from Canada down through Arizona. <gasps> so, they don't, they can, if, if, if they block the border, like, during COVID, they're not blocked. Because they have, their, like, their own map. Oh, we need one of those. We need one of those. That's amazing. Have that. Is it in Pittsburgh? Are you ever coming out to Ohio? You're, you're here. I know. I know. You could zone out thinking about sports and be in Pennsylvania. <laughs> like my dad. 
My dad drove to all his meetings up until a handful of years ago. Yeah. My mom asked him to run to the store. The store was like four minutes from our house. There was some ingredient she forgot, like salad dressing. Can you go down to the thing real quick and get salad dressing? So like, yeah, sure. We wait like an hour and 45 minutes and he's not home. <laughs> Whoops. So we call, where are you? He just from like evangelism zoned out and got on 95 South and was close to Portland, Maine. <laughs> Like when you took that Washington exit, but it was it was to Washington D.C. Well, that, that was just being an idiot. <laughs> we had one meeting left for the year, and it was in Washington, Pennsylvania. And there is a sign, and I took the exit for Washington D.C. So I've been driving, and I'm like, eh, this look, doesn't look familiar. And I grew up in Washington, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't remember any signs for famous federal monuments. <laughs> George Washington lived here. I didn't know that. Then as they're getting it, it's like, wait a minute. There's no Pentagon in Washington, Pennsylvania. I was on the phone with, with uh, Adalis when she So was I had to turn around. I for the, the first time that week, I was going to get in at like 2 p.m. and be able to like lay down for a little bit and stuff. And then it turned into driving like a hundred. One of those times you have to put the cruise control on 118. Hey, Goop, Siri, what speed are police not allowed to pursue you? 115? Okay. Cruise control, 116. And I ain't stopping. I'm using breakdown lanes, grass. I, I is that go. a fasting and prayer too? Uh, no, it was a uh, it was the victory week we used to do in December. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh man. So write it down. I'm going to fly this year. I'm going to travel this year. Mm-hmm. Get to Pittsburgh. Now you don't even have to go as far. Now we have Fort Worth. If you're in Arizona or uh, Utah. Kansas, Kansas might be equidistant. Oklahoma, get, you know, it'll, I'm telling you, it makes you big on the inside. Doing that when I was younger is why when I'm now 43 and Pastor Bishop Degg says, meet me and go, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't see me lock up in the face. Like, okay, maybe that's not for you. He's like, yeah, no problem. I'll be there. And then we even told him, we told his crew, you know, like, you're going to need a visa. No, we don't. They waived it. No, they said you do. No, we, you know, it's like we, we know. Just got off the phone with the embassy. <laughs> how to travel. Magalas one time, tell them about when, when we needed the, the visa for Congo. Um, and, and you guys had to like go get it in D.C. Because we were like up against it yeah. and they hadn't given us the visa yet. Yeah, I think it was um, Pastor Kofi that went and, and drove down. Or did I go? I can't. Oh, you no, went. I did. I did go. Yeah, and so it was just super duper last minute, and of course, you know, um, one of the the things is that no is never an acceptable answer, especially when you're doing the will of God. How many times is it people just lay down and just take the no? They said no. Oh, they said no, we couldn't go. So yeah. we called. Well, let's, I mean, let, let's stop there. So then, talk about persuasion. I want you to, since we're going to spend a little time together, you asked for it. Write the word down: persuasion. This, this is the key. You want to know how to not persuade? Ask the Palestinian supporters in the United States. They're not persuading anybody. You blocking an interstate and people can't go to work is making Who are these people? Okay, yeah, they're bombing them. Can I help? <laughs> you know, that's not how you persuade. So when someone says no, the art, persuasion is the art of getting someone who was saying no to change their mind and say yes. You don't get people to vote for Donald Trump by calling them libtards. 
There, that's not persuasion. Right. Persuasion is, okay, you see things that way. I'm going to get you to see things my way. And if you have that skill, it is arguably the most useful skill in life. Yeah. So, so yeah, so we had, um, we had initially gone with a company that tried, and they were a big company, and they said that they couldn't. So um, we called, and I remember looking up um, the soccer team, the Black Stars, something like that. And I remember being like, I'm going to use this somehow. So I remember calling and saying, you know, uh, you know, how can I get this expedited as fast as possible? And so they were like, there's really, our hands are tied. There's nothing, but I, I'm such a Black Stars fan. And for whatever reason, the guy like cackled and he said, there's an embassy in, in DC. This is the number of the person. And so the, the number that we had been calling, cause we knew about the embassy, Pastor Kofi had told us, but we couldn't get through to anybody at the embassy, just like any other embassy. It's just very difficult to talk to a human. So he was like, call this person. This is his direct number. So I knew, I was like, dude, this is money. So we called that person and they were like, who? He was initially was like, who gave you this number? And so I said, he's your friend, so-and-so and, and whatever. And I said, I'll do anything. I'll be there as fast as if you tell me to, to, that I need to be there in two hours, I will be there in two hours. Trust and believe I will be there in two hours uh, for you to make this pos possible for me. And he was like, be here by tomorrow morning. And so we, we booked it. We just went there and... Um, and so we get there, and I remember it was a little tiny, teeny office that we had to find because um, it was not marked by anything. And so we walked upstairs, and I remember being like so nervous at the time because I was like, "Dude, my like this trip is dependent on this." Right. So we're going. I was up leaving the in steps. like three days. Yes. So I'm going up the steps, and everybody's kind of looking at me because I'm white. And uh, so I br I go upstairs, and I say, "Good morning, everyone." You know, just. As, as happy and, and as, as can be because I knew everybody had long faces. Everybody was upset. So I knew that I needed to be like a breath of fresh air. And uh, immediately the guy knew who I was. And he was like, come over here. And so he was like, let me get the information. And I handed him the, the packet. And he says, come back after lunch and it'll be, and I'll have the visa for you. And that's exactly how it happened. We ended up eating at some restaurant right down the street, came back up, boom. Now, in, in her telling you this, how many years of college? One semester or a year? Um, I did two years at Zion. Two years at Zion. Yeah. So no college degree, no, no business degree. degree. Now, I could have sent somebody with a master's in business that would have just come back. They said they're not giving visas out. You can go from where you are now with no degree, how, whatever you've used to disqualify yourself. If you will be a Joshua and Caleb. Let us go at once and take the land. That's, she, you know, it's a big deal when you're a 28-year-old woman to drive by yourself to Washington, D.C. to go to the Congolese embassy and talk to the Congolese ambassador. She did it, and she persuaded him. God gave her something to say. That's how persuasion works. People aren't persuaded by facts. They're persuaded that, oh, you're a Manchester United fan. I'm a Manchester United fan. Oh, you, you grew up here. My mother's from there. Okay, that's how persuasion works. Yeah. And God gave her what to say. Get rid of backwards talkers. You have them in your life. Don't go forward. Aren't jets expensive? <laughs> you're going to start a second church? Backwards talkers. Yeah. Keep you where you're at. Don't go any further. Not 2024. Keep forward talking people. Yeah. 
Keep Joshua. And, that's probably why you're watching right now. I'm not talking you out of going forward in 2024. I'm, make, I, I, I'm insulting you if you won't go forward in 2024. You need that in your life. People that push you. Pastor Rodney called me one time. How many people got saved tonight? 260. How many were in the crowd? Uh, 4,000. Pretty lousy percentage, isn't it? Yeah. You need people like that to push you. He wasn't saying that to make me feel bad. He wasn't saying that to discourage me. Go, you can do better than that. A crowd of 4,000, you should have more than 200 people come to the altar if it's an evangelistic crusade, and it was. Brother Jesse talks to me. You know, Brother Jesse, in a real nice way, told me how happy he was that we got that leased plane, then started talking to me about taking the next step to own an aircraft. Owning his, owning his FBO instead of renting a hangar. Has his own... He's talking me forward. It's not, I'm better than you. It, he is better than me. But he's telling me, I did it. You can do it. Now start taking steps. That's great. You got a lease plane. Now, now own one. Push. Go further. Number seven. Glad you're with us. Glad you're staying with us on bonus time. Seven people who can't come with you in 2024. Second Samuel chapter 13, verse 1. Can I get, can I get you to read that? Second, Second Samuel 13, 1, and then just read the story. It should be about 14 verses. 2 Samuel 13, 1. The rape of Tamar? Yes. Now David's son Absalom had a beautiful sister named Tamar, and Amnon, her half-brother, felt desperately in love with her. Amnon became so obsessed with Tamar that he became ill. She was a virgin, and Amnon thought he could never have her. But Amnon had, to very, uh, had a very crafty friend, his cousin Jonadab. He was the son of David's brother Shemiah. One day Jonadab said to Amnon, What's the trouble? Why should a, the son of a king look so dejected morning after morning? So Amnon told him, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Well, Jonadab said, I'll tell you what to do. Go back to bed and pretend you are ill. When your father comes to see you, ask him to let Tamar come and prepare some food for you. Tell him you'll feel better if she prepares it as it, it as you watch and feeds you with her own hands. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. And when the king came to see him, Amnon asked him, please let my sister Tamar come and cook my favorite dish as I watch. Then I can eat it from her own hands. So David agreed and sent Tamar to Amnon's house to prepare some food for him. When Tamar arrived at Amnon's house, she went to the place where he was lying down so he could watch her mix some dough. Then she baked his favorite dish for him. But when she set the, the serving tray before him, he refused to eat. Everyone get out of here, Amnon told his servants. So they all left. Then he said to Tamar, now bring the food into my bedroom and feed it to me here. So Tamar took his favorite dish to him. But as she was feeding him, he grabbed her and demanded, come to bed with me, my darling sister. No, my brother, she cried. Don't be foolish. Don't do this to me. What an awful story. Such wicked things aren't done. One in time I read this story in church and preached out of it, and a mother <laughs> took her two children and just got up and left. Like, <laughs> like as we're in the, It's like, it's the Bible. <laughs> You're mad at God? I'm just reading. Where can I go in my shame? And you should be called one of the greatest fools in Israel. Please, just speak to the king about it, and he will let you marry me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her, and since he, he was stronger than she was, he raped her. Then suddenly Amnon's love turned into hate, 
and he hated her even more than he had loved her. Get out of here, he snarled at her. No, no, Tamar cried. Sending me away now is worse than what you've already done to me. But Amnon wouldn't listen to her. He shouted for his servant and demanded, throw this woman out of out and lock the door behind her. So I'll pick it up in 28. So that, that girl's got a brother named Absalom. 28, Absalom told his men, wait until Amnon gets drunk, then at my signal, kill him. Don't be afraid. I'm the one who's given this command. Take courage and do it. So at Absalom's signal, so they're, they're having a party for him. He's getting drunk. And he gives the signal, lifts his glass or whatever, and they, they kill him. Then the other sons of the king jumped on their mules and fled. So he died. Why did he die? Seven people that can't come with you in 2024. I want you to write it down. Jonadab, the one who encourages your weakness. If you keep a friend close to you that encourages your sin and your flesh, then if you do hit a rough spot and have a crazy thought, I'm leaving my wife. Yeah, you should. They wreck your life. What if, what if he had in place of Jonadab... Somebody always said, I'm hopelessly loving, in love with my sister. He said, then snap the H-E-C-K out of it. You're, you need to knock it off. Slapped him upside the head. Hey, quit thinking stupid thoughts. Yeah. That would help. Rather than a guy that didn't just say, yeah, whatever. You know, it's not my place to judge. He didn't do that. Oh, okay. I got a plan of how you can rape her. I wish I could say of the... Thousand plus people watching right now, no one has anybody like that in their life. If you text me for, for fentanyl, I don't have any. Yeah. Then I'd tell you, hey, what are you doing, man? Don't do that. But there's other people you could text that'll have you the drugs within the hour. True. They'll have you the marijuana. You want to go party and backslide? Why are they still in your phone? Why are the three women that you like to go out and drink with as a woman before you got saved still there? You know, a lot of what I'm telling you has to deal with your phone because this is your gate in the Bible. People came into the room. This, this is your connection. Yeah. Who has access to you? Why do people from your old life still have close personal access to you? That's right. Seven people who can't come with you in 2024. People who encourage your sin. You want to drink? Let's go drinking. You want to smoke? Let's meet up and smoke. You want to fight? Let's go out. Let's go out to that one bar where, where it's, a, it's a fighting bar. Yeah. Let's get, in tr let's get in some trouble. You want to go pick up a woman? Let's go. I know the spot. One of the reasons I've, I've lived a scandal-free life, I don't have anybody to sin with. I don't know where to buy drugs. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess I know where to get alcohol. It would be difficult for me. You know, am I going to go to Giant Eagle in Pittsburgh as a pastor of a church of a thousand plus people going to liquor around and buy some liquor? This is for cooking. Vodka? <laughs> yeah, making a vodka penny. <laughs> you know, no. So then what do I have to do? I have to send somebody out. Well, now someone else is involved. And I don't have anybody to send out. Let me tell you, Abraham. <laughs> Abraham, can you go and get me some liquor? I want a drink. You know what he would immediately do? Rapakata <laughs> shomboda. He wouldn't go get it. He'd break into West African speed tongues. Yeah. Pete, your old sinning buddies, yeah. your old connection to sin, cut it off. Look at Abraham. Okay, the one lady asked before, what, what scriptures are there in the Bible to justify cutting people off? 
basically the whole Bible. <laughs> where, where did God, you know, a guy wrote this one time. It's one of the funniest tweets. And by the way, thanks for sticking around for some bonus hockey. The crowd's actually growing. Somebody, um, a, a cool young preacher wrote on Twitter when we were first having the illegal immigrants invading the border by the millions and, and Trump wanted to build a wall. This cool young preacher in America wrote, show me anywhere in the Bible where God ever built anything to keep someone out. <laughs> Somehow it appeared in my Uncle Ted's feed and my Uncle Ted didn't even know who the guy was and he retweeted it and wrote above it, start with Noah's Ark. <laughs> and the guy actually wrote a tweet later like, apologize, I, I should like study the Bible more because my Uncle Ted's retweet of it got more traction than this guy with like a quarter million followers. <laughs> show me anywhere where people... Yeah, in, in, in those woke preachers, yeah. hip preachers' mind, you never shut anybody out. Right. You don't have any security at your church. Everybody's great. They, they don't realize not everyone that comes to church is coming to worship. Some people are coming to shoot the place up. No doubt. So the same way we protect our church, how much more? Why are we protecting the church? Because it's full of people's lives. Yeah. You're right down. My life has value. Amen. Your life, write this down. My life is worth protecting. That's right. Jesus said to Peter, Satan, get behind me. There's no 10 verses later. And Jesus went back and found Peter later that night and said, sorry, bro. You know, I got a lot on my mind with the crucifixion coming up and everything. I didn't mean to snap at you. It's not wrong to rebuke someone who needs rebuked. Yeah. There's something that I can't speak for everybody's culture. But in America, there's this thing. Whoever did the yelling at is in the wrong. You didn't have to speak to him like that. He didn't have to talk to him like that. You know, a guy can come up to stab you while you're preaching. and you, Hey, put the knife down and sit down. And don't try to stab me again. Yeah. The whole crowd goes quiet. You know, yeah, he, true, he shouldn't have tried to stab Brother Jonathan, but he could have handled it differently. <laughs> so there's the thing. Whoever's getting yelled at, what do you have all the time? Particularly in the inner city. Mothers storming in to go yell at a teacher because the teacher yelled at their student mm -hmm. or, or at their son. You, you don't have to talk to my son. No, the son's wrong and you're wrong. Why feel bad about protecting your life? Yeah. And then Satan, Satan moves by having you feel, no, no, but I'm helping them. You're not helping them. They're hurting you. Let's write a couple more things down since we're taking some bonus time. Write this down. You can write a star under point number seven. Not everyone is in my life for me to help them. Even as a pastor, not everyone that comes in is there for me to help them. There uh, is a great shepherd. There is an under shepherd. Who taught this? Jesus. Mm -hmm. There are sheep. There are goats. There are wolves. There are wolves in sheep's clothing. And you can't pray a wolf into a sheep no matter how hard you pray. That's, That's going to help someone. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You come to this church on Sunday in Hamas gear and walk in 40 <laughs> minutes late carrying a backpack. We're not going to try to lead you to the Lord. You're going to get tackled and dragged back out into the parking. You won't make it to the front door. <laughs> I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, but he was actually a nice person. Then he shouldn't have been a sheep dressed in wolves clothing. You dress like a terrorist, you're going to be treated like a terrorist. Facts. No doubt. 
Christians are very blind in this area. In, and the devil, listen now, the devil pr- preys, P-R-E-Y's, on people's compassion for people. Yes, sir. And they misdirect their compassion their whole life and actually help nobody. Yes, sir. Who cares that you've known them since third grade? If God's abandoned you, why do I have a responsibility to not abandon you? 100%. If you won't listen to God, why would I be stupid enough to think you listen to me? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. With this mentality, isn't it interesting that with this mentality you'd think I'd have a small church and the pastors that love everyone would have a big church and it's the exact opposite. It really is. Because people actually know they can get help here and not play games. Then the other place, in their effort to reach everybody, they reach nobody. Yeah. Let me show you something. I posted something last night. It was a joke about politics. And somebody wrote me. I mean, it's insane. I don't know who this guy is. Brother, stay away from the political scene. You're going to lose a lot of views. You should listen to this. It gets better. You should connect with me. I got some wisdom for you. Just the, no. sentence, just the sentence, I got some no. wisdom for you. Makes me doubt how much wisdom you have. Get out. I got some wisdom for you. I'm a prophet in the body of Christ, and I'm no joke. (laughs) This is not sarcastic. This is, this is, (laughs) I'd love to take a shot at giving you some fresh ideas, but I'm going to tell you right now, you have, you have to have no political views. You could have political views behind closed doors, which by the way, everything's in lowercase, and then behind closed doors is the B, the C, and the D is capitalized. Uh, I got some wisdom for you. Behind closed doors. I guess that's like, maybe that's like a restaurant. But as a preacher, keep, but as a preacher, keep your mouth closed. Very difficult to, to follow that advice. Lord, I'll say what you want me to say. As a preacher, you need to keep your mouth closed. <laughs> this guy. What? Is one wise guy. Every time you get into the political views, you're going you're gonna shorten your audience. Love to spend 15 minutes with you on the phone. Ew, you, ew! You don't have to do anything for me. I don't need you to do anything. I, from I'm rich and I'm rich and have money and I got it all and a prophetic gift. No. This that's is- mind that's mind blow. I have a prophetic gift, period, that's mind blowing. M-I-N-E. Mine. Mind-blowing. Ugh. So his prophetic gift is setting off landmines. <laughs> He's missing legs. But God told me to reach out to you. Okay, so why do I... Why did I bring that up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because people, people tell you to... to uh, you think the love is the way to reach people. So this guy knows how to reach people. Man, if you'd shut up about uh, Biden, you could reach more people. You know... How many followers? Following 6,100, 2,000 followers. So he has less followers than he's following, but he's going to tell me how I can reach more people. I don't have a massive account, but how do you reach out? You know, Brother Jesse, if I could spend 15 <laughs> I minutes with you. 
I'd love to just teach you how you could really grow your ministry. I mean, you're doing all right. Nope. But I have a prophetic gift that's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. So you think you're going to lose being principled. But Jesus was. Let the dead bury their dead. Sell everything you own and follow me. <laughs> and went away greatly ashamed. Jesus let him go. Jesus cursed a whole city. You know when Jesus walked that guy out past the gates of the city? It was because it was the city he cursed. I'll never do another miracle among you people ever again. So if Jesus acted that way, if God, Adam didn't leave the garden in rebellion, God kicked him out and posted a guard angel that he could never come back. If God did that, and Jesus did that, and the Holy Ghost dropped Ananias and Sapphira, who, who are you? Where is this love? You have more love than God? There's Christians in America and pastors that think they have more love than God. We love them. We're to love them. You know, personally, I don't believe in masks, but many people do. We want to reach them, so we're enforcing. See, that's the card they always go to. It's the, it's the faux compassion that breaks principle. Right. Write, write it down. Principles over compassion. Amen. The 2,000 kids we feed every day fit in my principles. The Bible tells you to take care of children. You're a grown, able-bodied man, and you need a sandwich? No, I know. That's supposed to motivate you to get up off your rear end on the sidewalk and go work. Amen. They have programs for you to work right now in all those cities. Right now. No doubt. And the Bible says a man that doesn't work shouldn't eat. Yeah. I don't feel bad just because you have unlaundered clothes and you have a sign. Right. That alone does not make... Now, if, this, if I feel too in the Holy Ghost, I will. But you're not... I'm not going to get yanked around on, by a leash of fake compassion. Because the devil... You know what people are going to start doing now? I tweeted something last night. All right, I hope you're enjoying bonus time. <laughs> I wrote this down. Your church kicked the Holy Spirit out long ago. Uh -oh. Now it's empty. Yeah. Soon it will be full of sleeping migrants. It'll be a vaccination center. It'll be whatever the government wants it to be. Because Eric Adams, the mayor of New York yesterday, yeah. said we don't have enough schools. We can't house migrants. Do you know they kicked the kids out of schools to do remote learning to have migrants stay in the high school? And they said we can't do this long term. So we're going to ask houses of worship to house them. You think they're all going to say no? The same ones that shut down for COVID, all right, that's going to be their new thing. True. Because they're not getting any money from tithes and offerings because they don't win any. There's nobody coming. True. So now they're going to get money from the government, and those churches are going to be not doing the work of the Lord, but they're going to feel great because, you know, our church was down to 31 people anyway. Now we have hundreds there from other countries who have never heard the gospel. And they're still not hearing the gospel. They're just sleeping there. And you're getting used by the government because if you let him, the devil will yank you around by a leash of fake compassion. Come on. Wow. That was masks. That was masks in church. We should have compassion for our neighbor. That's not, that's, you're warping what the Bible says. Yeah. Write down principled compassion. We help people all the time. But th there's an application process if you're an able-bodied person. That's right. You're not just coming up to the altar. I'm not, I'm not giving money away at the altar every Sunday after church. I mean, the nerve to finish church. Excuse me, an electric bill. Did you come to worship God? Yeah. No, hello. 
You want 61 bucks to pay your electric bill. So we have a system in place. We get, we give, I mean, I gave $6.3 million away, but I'm telling you, then you're going to, you're going to tell what your plan is that we're not going to hear from you about it next month. What are you doing? You hit a temporarily hard time. I'll help you. You're a permanent bum. Go to another church. Yeah. Amen. The gospel's about change, not about putting band-aids on cancer. Come on. Let's close it out. Let's end on a positive. Who do you need to add to your life? People who go up. Joshua and Caleb's. Let us go at once. Downstairs, you might be able to hear them praying in the background. Abraham, Pastor Abraham's there. Pastor Augustine's there. There Those were... People that found each other, one from ORU, one from Rama. Mutual faith. Let's go see Jonathan in Tulsa. Let's drive down to Texas to see him. Yeah. Let's drive across to wherever he is. They found people that believe like them Amen. and pursued God together. Find people that will pursue God. I want to tell you this. When I told you to fly and travel, many of you should be in Pittsburgh or Texas before the end of this prayer and fasting. Amen. No, I'm going to make plans. Do it during now. Yeah. You have all your vacation days. We're 12 days into a new year. Like my friend, and I, and I love him, John, and he didn't hear me say that yet because it's on delay. Looking forward to coming to Pittsburgh sometime soon. Sometime soon never comes. Now, now comes. Now faith is. Break out of it now. You have tonight. You have next week. I, I, I'm telling you, not only will it do something, and I'm not doing this to drive the crowd numbers up. They're up. I'm doing it because not only will traveling do something to you, traveling spontaneously will do something to you. Huh. Being somebody that doesn't need t- three months notice. What if, I, what if I was willing to travel, but I was not willing to go to Angola on two and a half weeks notice? By the way, we didn't even know that the visa requirement had been waived. For me to text that to Mogalis is insane. I'm going to go to Cabinda, Angola with, with Dag and th- on Thanksgiving, which is in two and a half weeks. <laughs> what if she was the type of person that needed notice and it needed to be approved by the board six months before? And nah, let's go. There is a spontaneity and let us go at once that has to be in you if you're going to be anything above average for God. Would you say that that's like a contingency to staying in obedience? If you don't have that level of... Yeah, because God doesn't give tons of notice. Sometimes he does when you're a child. Yeah. I'm going to make you an evangelist in the future. I, I'm too young to be one now. Interesting. So start preparing yourself. But as an adult, start build me a strong church in Pittsburgh. He didn't say tomorrow, but it was implied in the way... You know, if you say, I'd like a coffee to me, mm-hmm. it's implied... Yeah, you know, <laughs> October 1st, as the leaves start to change. I want to get her. When somebody gives you an instruction, the now is implied. When somebody mentions something, build me a strong church in Pittsburgh. Let's go. I told you right then in that uh, night, we started thinking about rearranging the building. That's cultural. Party. Though, 
too. Because oh, sure. you because I've been to churches where the the pastor's wife was like, I would love to start a devotional and not a single thing gets done by the staff. When your wife wanted to do a devotional, that very night I had a login and I had a devotional yes. account ready for her to go. When you said we're building a church in Fort Worth, I remember looking at my phone and talking to Siri and saying, Hey Siri, when how many days until October 1st? And she said 72 days. So did I say uh, there's it's an impossibility for, to, for us to find a church in 72 days and to launch a church in 72 days? It was it, being obedient with the devotional allowed me to know that we got this in the bag. In 72 days, we're going to be launching on October 1st. So it, I think it really is cultural and it's what you kind of wrought out and what you get acclimated with. So if you're constantly a no person and you're around people that are always no or in the future or sometime delay, delay. delay in the future, then you, you'll be that. But with you and, and Pastor Dallas, it's always, it's, the expectation is it's tomorrow. As soon as, uh, the faster, the better. Because I, I haven't, in being a Christian, and being raised the way I was as a preacher's kid and around preachers, I've not seen people destroy their lives on drugs. I've heard about it, but I'm saying I haven't witnessed that like some of you have. I haven't witnessed somebody destroy their, their life with alcohol. But the thing, and when you see that, you know how people have an, a, a, a revulsion to alcohol because they saw their dad kill himself? There's a guy I follow on uh, t- Twitter. His name's Gabe. He's a workout guy. His dad was fat. And had all kinds of health problems and almost died in his 40s. So he's going the other, you know, yeah. 4% body fat, right. only eat steak, and got his dad healthy. He hates unhealthiness because of what he saw it do to his dad. You hate alcohol because what you saw it do to your mom. You hate drugs because it killed your brother. I don't have that. But I have seen people destroy their ministries mm-hmm. by dragging their feet. Oof. So the same passion people have against that other stuff, yeah. I actually have more of a passion against the slow Christian, we're going to pray about it, board meetings in three months. I hate it. hate it. Like other people hate that stuff. Yeah. If the Lord, if you tell me to do something, God, I'm doing it right now. Because I saw other people wait two years, and then by the time they finished all their preparations, it was over. Yeah. And it's always been like that with you. because But now you have the fruit to show for it. But before, when there was nothing in the bank and you said, we're going to have seven festival of lives. (laughs) That is a jarring thing for a ministry. But you actually, the thing I've learned from being from seeing those other ministers is you're afraid to spend money and make moves because what what if, but actually not making moves guarantees you go bankrupt and die. No, I have a fear. I have a fear. No doubt. Of being a 51-year-old evangelist that people are having in because he's a nice guy. I've known him a long time. And, yeah. uh, you know, 25% of the crowd shows, uh, well, you know, we love Brother Jonathan. We have him in every year. I, 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 I honest to God, would, would I don't know if you're allowed to say zip tie yourself on YouTube without losing your account. So, <laughs> I, so I won't say it. I'd, I'd rather, I, I, I wouldn't want to live anymore. Yeah, it's like it's like when Pastor Kofi says, like, if if we die, then we die, and they never die. That's right. And I think that that's that's the aggressive moving forward, which also le- leads to a very fulfilling and exciting life. Because not one year is ever alike here at Revival Today. Not a single year is what is never alike. We're always doing something to 
expand our horizons, that brings uncomfortability, and then before you know it, you know, you just continue to grow. And now these years, it feels like we're getting that momentum where it's, you know, the compound effect is just kind of like, it's, it's overwhelming. But there is a tie, there is that connection to being obedient and having that kind of air about you that it's just, you're like Abraham. And the very next day, he did something about it. Or that spontaneity. That same day. The only time he waited the next day was when he had to take Isaac with him. Abraham wasn't just obedient, he was instantly obedient. Obedient is instant. Obedience is instant. And who is a faithful servant? To him will I entrust the keys of the kingdom, a faithful, sensible servant. What would you do if you're God and you have a bunch of servants and one, the second you tell him, just, just goes and does it? Like, See, you, you gain God's, just like the ten spies gain God's disapproval, Joshua and Caleb gained God's approval. Because let us go at once. They just got back from a long trip exploring the land. It wasn't like, hey, listen, we just got back. Let me get my laundry done and stuff, and then we'll go. <laughs> Let us go right now. We just got off. Let's go straight back and kill these people. <laughs> and God, they have a different spirit, God said. Because you going at once shows, I believe God is able to do everything. Take care. He'll get us the building. He'll get us the people. He'll get us the worship leaders. Yeah. He'll get us everything. Yeah. So it, it, it super pleases God. A, because you're obedient. B, because you're quickly obedient, which shows you have no fear of him not being able to provide. That's right. And then... In doing that, he gives you more. Because if you've got a ton of servants and one is just on it. Oh, my goodness. Out of a love and passion yeah. for you and your kingdom. Then you're going to, okay, take this from the guy that's bearing it that's and give good. it to him. Yes, sir. Take this and you start getting more added to your plate. It's, that's why it's impossible to stay where you're at. That's right. To he who uses well what he's been given, he will be given more and will have an abundance. Amen. So you either go backwards or you go forwards. There's no trying to protect what you have. Stay around people who go up. And I'll tell you, if you're a pastor and evangelist, you know, don't blame your board. Don't blame your, our people don't really give. No, it's you. You're the leader. You're in charge of telling the people to go and take the land. Yes. Come on. That's good. I don't want to get into uncharted territory here, but it just, where was Moses in that whole story? How come it was just Joshua and Caleb talking another day? Why didn't Moses throw his weight behind Joshua and Caleb? Because mm. he knew he couldn't go in? Had he already struck the rock at that point? So he was no. just indifferent because he can't go in? Because the Lord told him you won't go in, so you guys sort it out. I have to die out here anyway. I don't know. That's why I don't, I don't want to preach things I haven't. I, I don't know that I'm on solid footing. But why is he quiet there? That is interesting. Number two, keep people around you that solve problems, not create problems. Yes, yes. Pastor Eli said in California, said, do you have to have a board? You do. We have one. We meet every February. But your constitution and bylaws is set up by you. Yeah. So the fact that you say we meet every month, that's your, that's your mistake. That's right. There's Fortune 500 companies that have a yearly board meeting. The fact that you, you and your church of 80 people have to have a board meeting every bi-weekly or monthly, you, that's, that's your fault. That's stupid. That's a waste of time. Yes, sir. 
That's appearing busy and appearing productive. Ouch. I'll tell you that while we're at it. Cut everything out of your life that's the appearance of, pro- of productivity that's oh, not productivity. That's a word. Me going to a three-hour board meeting once a month. I, oh, yeah, I'm dressed up in a suit. <laughs> I'm sitting with men. We're talking. We have pat- we, we look. Nothing is accomplished. Come on. No money comes in. No people get saved. Eesh. I can plan. Yeah, but in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Yeah. You ever, ever hear of a phone? We have our yearly board meeting. We plan. I'm not getting bound up in a bunch of activity that does nothing. <laughs> we don't do that here. That's why things grow. We expend a lot of energy, and I think it's why we have volunteers and retain volunteers. Because even things people are asked to do aren't for stu- Everything g- causes things to grow. Yeah. If you volunteer in any area of this church, you get, you get to see fruit. Not just busy work. Yeah. Get people with you that are, that are, Mongolis is a problem solver. I don't even hear, I, I might get three or four texts a year or phone calls a year about how would you like to handle this. That's it. Free to preach. Thanks, Brother James. You guys are an encouragement watching. That's why I have a big screen underneath to see your name. I, I like you. You're very encouraging to me. Bobby, I'd be interested to, to hear why you say that's good from Texas. What's the top thing you got out of today? What's the one change that you're going to make? I like Yahweh Grace said, fruit, not busy work. Because you can't really preach or teach on being, being a hard worker because everybody thinks they work hard. But it's not fruit-bearing labor. Well, I do work hard. I take the kids to school every day. I'm up at 6.15 making their lunches, take them to school. Then I have to, yeah, you're running around. But that that doesn't, taking the kids to school doesn't generate income. Those are things, I'm not saying don't do it. it, There are things that have to be done. (laughs) But working, fruitful labor. You know, people wouldn't be wrong starting the new year and just cleaning house on their staff, too. Explain, since you deal with staff a lot more than me. Well, I think that being um, a problem solver is one of the prerequisites to working here. So if you generate... So so we, we have meetings here at Revival Today, and they typically... I will bring them a problem and I only want solutions. I don't want anybody adding to the problem. I don't want anybody's opinion on a certain problem. So explain, like, hypothetically. You, you bring up a hypothetical church problem okay. and how someone would hi- hypothetically respond in a way that would make you think, like, you're either going to have to change the person. way you think or you're out. Uh, like, hypothetically, if I said, okay, the, we had an issue with the parking. Well, yeah, I've, I've had issues, too, with the parking lot people. I mean, they're very rude, and I was yelled at. And, my and you know, my husband, true, felt uncomfortable with the parking lot attendant. That would be an example of somebody so who's a complete low life. the church, and people just, like, pile on. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, oh, that yes, like, that's yeah, true. We already know it's That's why we're having the meeting. Yeah, that's why we're not, having not the meeting. To, I didn't say, is there a problem with the parking? Right. I'm telling you I'm there's telling a problem. You, so now yes. let's so, fix it. 
Right. So where's the solutions to where's it? Where's the solution? Um, and so that that's just kind of like a, I mean, that's never happened, but I'm just using that as an example because I could give more examples that would be a little bit too, um, you know, people would like know what I'm talking about. But, you know, when we have a meeting, it's only solution based. Okay. This is, this is the, what we experienced. Like we can talk about the media department because, you know, I love them so much, but like if we have a, a media department um, meeting, it'll, we'll say, Hey, listen, these are the, the, the points that we need to address. How can we fix it? And immediately, you know, hands are raised. This is all my ideas. And so we streamline it. We write them on the board. All right, this is how we're going to tackle it for the next time and so on and so forth. But never once is it like, you know, uh, adding to the problem or just giving it like giving people the opportunity to vent and uh, yeah. give an opinion on something. Just talk oh, around the table, talking. That's yeah, just round talk. Forever. Yes. They bring yes. food, everyone. Yes, I enjoy parking. Right. Right. <laughs> no doubt. I, I was actually asked to sit in, in a meeting, in a staff meeting one time with a, with a church, and they had addressed, it was very similar, okay, these are, this is the stuff that we need to change, and yada, yada, and there was never a solution that came about. There were no systems that were created. And so afterwards, they, they said, okay, reflect on the meeting, and I said, there, there was, it was just circle talk. It was people venting the entire time. And so there was no solutions, there were no systems that came out of that meeting. So I, it's no, no wonder why you're perpetually going in circles. So I think you need to, you need to vet that too, because I think a lot of times people hire people that are, they love or that are yes. like them. They want to, and they want to help or they want to be entertained. I've or seen friends. lots of pastors that both with people they have in to preach and hire. I went to Bible school with him. Who cares? Yeah, no doubt. It's, it's not, it's not a bad idea to say, Hey, listen, this is 22, uh, 2024. Jesus Christ is coming back. We're going in a different direction this year. So what we're going to do now is we're going to be switching some Clean things house. up a hundred percent. And, and, and I'll tell you another, do thing. it often. I'll tell you another thing churches do. They pay three people crappy salaries and get crappy production. When if you pulled the money and paid one person a good salary, mm-hmm. who's a competent, capable person, you, you would get more production than the three. You know, think of this. If you pay people poorly, it's going to run over time. It's going to come. You know, you're paying somebody 23,000 a year. They can't live on that. Yeah. So they're going to have this thing like, Hey, all right, buddy, I'm doing you a favor. Yeah. You're paying me scraps and I, I, I'm working. Sure. I, I don't, you know, you're going to, you're going to breed that. Whereas if people are rewarded yeah. for what they do and they bring a joy into work. There's not a prison camp busting rocks for no pay. You're getting paid. You love your job. There, you're not even going to entertain thoughts of leaving much because I, you know, I could not get paid this if I, if I left likely they're, they're, they're in hiring freezes right now. Go after quality people instead of volunteer. Yes, you have volunteers at the church. I'm talking about her problem solvers, the people that run media. I don't have my 15-year-old, you know, niece running media when she's off school. Put competent people to run departments. No doubt. That can handle their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like like you always say, don't don't put problems on the payroll. I for the lo- for the life of me, I don't understand. I don't understand. Like I mean, if I could there's there's certain people that are on staff at, at places and I'm like, I don't get it. I don't get it. No, I told a pastor I was preaching for not long, uh, like last year, the year before. 
You know, he is this guy on staff. He, he would be under the, the bum category. He's just not fun to be around. I said, do you enjoy being around him? Yeah. Said, nah, not really. I said, and you can't tell me, by the way, he moseys around, that he's like some great asset to the church. No doubt. He walks like at the same pace as, as President Biden, just like no stumbling doubt. around. So, yeah. So why do you keep him around? Yeah. You yeah. can't, because you can't tell me it doesn't affect you. No doubt. I'm only here for the week. No and, doubt. And I, I don't like him being around. I'm telling you, yes. They, they're just like, they bought into the lie. And you know, if you read books on enough books on persuasion, you can, you can have a conversation with somebody and make them believe that they they want to leave. <laughs> so it's just, you know, you do have to, you have to protect your staff too. It's like, there's people that have worked here and, and it didn't work out. Yeah. And if you let them, they, they, they'll poison the, oh, yeah, darn the, the whole thing. It'll yes, make a staff to a miserable staff. Yes. That person's misery. Yes. I'm telling you that thing that I mentioned briefly. Please write it down. Sheep. Yes. Goats. Yes. Wolves. Wolves in sheep's clothing. <laughs> it's your job to discern. Not everybody comes to work at your ministry to help. Yeah. Some people are wolves. They're there to get you, get you in a mess ministerially because of sexual harassment or yeah. whatever. Oh, yes. They could be um, they could be sent from a journalistic team to work at the ministry and gather information about what goes on behind the scenes. That it just came out that the FBI had infiltrated Catholic churches last year. Yeah. Use your brain. If somebody doesn't feel right to have a, around, that's a leading of the spirit. You don't belong. I, I don't. I don't like you. You know, I've used it. It's a terrible illustration, but I've used it before that heads of biker gangs can do it. You know, they can, they can sniff out a fed. Yeah, you have our tattoos and our motorcycle, and you talk tough. And I don't trust this guy. I'm telling you, keep an eye on him. I think he's a fed. He doesn't feel like us. He's not slimy enough. Well, in the, in the reverse, if somebody feels slimy and doesn't feel holy, then they don't, they don't click you know, we hired her. She's really having trouble fitting into it. Why? Why? Maybe pay attention to that. Instead of trying to shoehorn her in to fit in, maybe there's a reason she doesn't fit in. What, yeah. what, add more since you deal with this. Um, I think that you have to set up protocol too. I mean, we talked about gatekeepers. So you know, that you can create systems that could be the gatekeeper for you and your ministry. So the system for us is a 30-day, 60-day, 90-day policy where you're going to get vetted for the first 30 days. If you're, you're still, uh, you know, if you, you were one way in, in the interview or whatever in person and then when it's time to work, you suck, that 30 days, basically you're, you're, it expires, your contract expires. Not yes. that we work by contract, we're employee at wills. But, you know, we have those, those kinds of systems in place to protect us so that we don't, like, it's, the system's already created so that I don't have to have this hard conversation. Well, you know, things aren't really, it's not really working right. out for us. It's just at the 30-day mark, it's like, all right, well, you've done the project. Congratulations. Thank you so much for your help. If we ever need anything again, we'll see you next time. And what she just <laughs> said is the opposite of what's done in, in most ministries where someone is like the permanent youth pastor. You go to churches, there's a guy that's a youth pastor. He's 57 years old. He's been youth pastor for 37 years. The, and it's not, it's not like the youth group's at 2,700 students. Right. So you keep him on. You know, it's 20 people. So you put these people as permanent heads. You actually, it's funny. 
It's funny how if I polled, P-O-L-L-E-D, if I polled people who were here, most of you are Republicans, and most of you would be somewhat anti-government bureaucracy. But you run your church as a bureaucracy, where a guy's in charge, he's never built anything, he's never had success, but that's his position, and he's not leaving. He's Chuck Grassley. He's uh, <laughs> Senator Menendez. They, they, you know, they're... They, they're they, they, they don't, they've been a problem, but they're in there. They're, a, they're Claudine Gay from Harvard. They have tenure. I'm staying. Yes, I plagiarized. I'm not leaving. And you've put these people as permanent heads. Why? Why did you set your church up like the American government? Where people are in charge. They're not going to be removed. They're lifetime appointments. They feel entitled to be youth pastor. You know what she just mentioned? If there's people coming up through the system that can take your place yeah. and you're not cutting it and you're taking backward steps, it works very well in Major League Baseball. A, double A, triple A, Major Leagues. I could be the best player on the Pittsburgh Pirates for 11 years. If I go into an 0 for 31 slump, yeah. we're moving you on, you know, or you think maybe it's time to retire. They got another guy coming that's in his 20s that can take my spot in the lineup. It's good for people to have that kind of pressure on them. Yeah. You know? Keeps you sharp. Keeps you sharp. Ensures you're the best. You have put it as a leader into people's heads that they're going to be in charge of this thing forever, and they act like it. Yeah. And then if any, now think of the second thing that happens because of that. Not only is there that problem, but then anyone they view as a threat, just like happens in government. Yes, sir. That's rising up. Yes, sir. They start treating them bad. No, don't come back into the sound room. Yeah. No, you're not, you're not on the media team. Because they know that guy's better. So they actually become blockers. I'm the church drummer. Any young people that drum are my sworn enemy for life. <laughs> I'm the worship leader. Yeah. And I'm 61. I don't like this 23-year-old girl that's more attractive than me that can sing better than me. <laughs> so I'm going to treat her like absolute garbage. And try to run her out of the church. That happens at your church. Yeah. yeah. They're not only poor at their job, they block the other people that are coming up through the system. Change that this year. Yeah. Get rid of blockers. Get rid of people in your church or business that are mean to other people that have zeal. Treat them as a threat. 100%. Pastors do that to young evangelists in their church. Yeah. This guy thinks he's a preacher. What does he think? He's going to take your job? How are you that insecure? You've been the pastor there for 25 years. Relax. Yeah. And give, give the guy an open door to preach. He'll grow your church if you don't treat him like an enemy. Yeah. Kofi wrote, that can't happen at our church. I, I was why literally, why I, can't it happen? I was literally about to say that. It's a cultural thing. So everybody has it ingrained in them that if, you're, if you lead with that kind of character, you'll get ripped out faster than you can say boo. So, and we're, we're on top of, we, we analyze the production because it's also not a, all right, here, you're in charge now, see you later, you know, we'll talk again in, in a year. So we definitely vet the production that's coming out of people, especially, you know, like when Ron Luce had said, you know, results over effort, you know, we do check forth on or check up on the, the effort that people give. So we're constantly looking at the people that we put in leadership roles and make sure, I mean, we have had um, to pluck people out who are either 
go on, you know, they're rude to volunteers or whatever. we, we do that often. And then it spreads around. Like they don't, they don't tolerate this kind of right. stuff here. So uh, that's why he says that that couldn't possibly happen here because, you know, we've done it enough to the point where people know that's not how, that's not going to flow. You're not going to get away with any of that here. I like that. I feel to do something right now. We have over a thousand people watching and they're great people. I see people's names. I'm not trying to pluck, I don't know where people work. So I'm not trying to take people's, I'm not trying to hurt anybody to help me. If you have an interest, we're obviously growing and not going to stop growing. If you're interested in working with us at Revival Today, in any capacity, where can they send a resume? You can send it right to me. Magalis at RevivalToday.com? Yes. Magalis, M-A-G-A-L-I-S, at RevivalToday.com. Detailed resume. Not detailed testimony. I'm very happy you've been off drugs for three years and that you have a prophetic gift. That, that's not a hireable thing. She's in charge of staying off drugs and prophesying. Right. I'm talking a, 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 a useful skill you have that you've already used in the military, business, what companies you work for. Send in your, your um, social media handles too. Mm-hmm. That's a requirement. Resume and social media handles. Brandon wrote, can I be your armor bearer with a, a laughing face? Yeah, I don't need that. I need people that know life. You know, it's like Jeff that runs security. He's, he's done special ops for the military. He's not just a good-hearted uh, redneck that likes to shoot. Right, right. You know, talent, <laughs> ability. Music. Francisco said, what positions are open? There are no positions open, but we're growing. And uh, if, and this is not, we're, you know, don't, don't, hey, did you get, don't do a follow-up to, hey, did you get it? I'm not hiring. This is not a American Idol. We're going to narrow it down and hire. No one necessarily is going to get hired. But as we grow, and you love this ministry, many of you that are watching, why not, why not get, uh, See what happens. I just felt, you know, as we're having this conversation together, maybe there would be, be somebody. Kelsey said, Revival Today, Private Chef. You know, I, I uh, messaged... Um, Richard, you can send me your, your resume too, and I'll send it. I'll forward it to my husband. Go ahead. I messaged the uh, inked up chef. Yeah. Said I'd like him to come like in the summer Dang. with Dawson Camilla or with yeah. me and we'll rent a house and then get a place for him to stay and he, him cook all the meals. Amazing, amazing. Yeah. Me and Bethany were talking about him the other day. Of course, like fascinating. He, stay, he stays in touch. I just, I just haven't seen him because I haven't, I don't know why I haven't seen him. This has been so good. Thank you so much for taking the time to te teach extensively. You're welcome. What else? Now that we're in, in more your flow. Because um, this does, I do hear from Pastor, they like hearing from, from you on this stuff. And I, I think people hear the opposite advice a lot. Like yeah. You, you should, you should uh, hold on to your staff and just kind of like take one for the team. And they don't fire. No, we do. We do hold on to our staff. 
But, you know, there's, no, yeah, keep, there's think, pivotal people that we keep. And think and of then that. There's people With that, everything I'm saying, we've dismissed, like, next to nobody yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. Like, hardly anybody. Right. So you'd think the way I'm talking, like, people are getting axed, you're not productive. No, actually, it works best this way because this is God's way. I mean, to, for, to protect the, the pastors, too, I think that if you have an administrator that can deal with all of this, that's going to be your best bet. Because a lot of times, like 100% of the um, people that have worked for us still maintain a very lovely relationship with you. So it was never, ever anything where it was like, well, Pastor Jonathan. Well, that, that's another kind of secret <laughs> that we do here that I stole from casinos. And I don't gamble, but I heard, <laughs> but I heard how they. Although I would gamble on uh, U- USA versus Yemen if if I could. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like a lock, lock. Oh but gosh. I heard this about casinos <laughs> that they set it up, or say you're playing blackjack and you lose. Who do you get mad at? Who, who do you get mad at? The dealer. The dealer. And then who comes over to to give you a free dinner? The casino manager. Yeah. So you leave still in love with the casino, but that stupid Tammy. Yeah, I the dealer. Freaking yeah. hater, blue eyeshadow, and her pencil thin eyebrows from 1990. Like to slap her right in the head. But man, oh, I love geez. that place. So they'll actually keep coming back and losing money because they never get mad at, at the casino. They get mad at the dealer. So I I stole that idea in a way where. People don't really have the opportunity to get mad at me, and I'm shielded from what goes on. I never, I told you, like, as far as, like, church stuff, I don't hear much, and I almost never hear anything like, hey, so-and-so is um, living, him and his wife are separated right now. They got in a real bad, I don't hear any of that. That way, when I meet people, yeah, even like I told you when people ask for financial assistance, yes, go see Kofi, there's a form to fill out, mm-hmm. and then they'll, they'll decide. So if you, I didn't reject you. Right. They rejected you. Right, for sure. And so we don't, we have people that get upset, but they're never upset at me or the church. Well, th- that's also the protection of, <laughs> yeah. Which is nice that, you you know, you, and Kofi does that too. It's like, it's yeah. like a buffer. Oh, we're happy to do it every day of the week. Because somebody can get yeah. upset without going to hell. But, I'm not going uh, to church anymore. Though. That's it's like, that's I don't exactly like her. Right. That's exactly right. And really, we never get people who are upset because we know how to deal with people. We know how to communicate with people. We're not losers. So, um. And we don't preach. Like, even the way we preach weeds out that type of person. Without a doubt. Because we're not emotional. We don't honor your emotion. Right. No one cares that you're offended. No doubt. This is not real talk, John. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, having more systems in place and that that protocol really does protect you. Like, we talked about setting up the 30, 60, and 90 days for staff members. But there's also something about having... Um, a system in place for how you want to keep the structure in a service. You know, having a sign that says no cameras, um, you know, during the, the service, that all the, an usher has to do is point to the sign and all of a sudden, oh, oh, oh. As opposed to an usher tapping you on the shoulder, right. interrupting you during the service, and then all of a sudden you're going to tell your six friends they they you know rebuked me for recording. Which we've seen other places without a doubt. Babies. So when you have a sign like you know signage, that's a system that we have in place to protect our our people. And so these are just I'm just thinking about different systems that we have in place to protect um, leadership. That being one of them, we have. 
um, a system for if there was uh, someone unruly. We have a system for um, an active shooter. You know, not that you'll ever use these what, systems, what, you're not but by golly, exactly, exactly. So, so I think people need more systems. That's all. But yeah, having having somebody your go to, but it also can't be the the person that is the punching bag for your ministry because I've seen that too, where people want to emulate what you and I have, but at the same time not give that other person like the full reins. Mm-hmm. Like when people say, when you say to the people that you really don't do your hands off in the ministry outside of preaching and 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 being given to the study of God's word, I don't necessarily think people believe you. But I definitely am. <laughs> you really, really are. So with that, I do, my position does carry a, a, a weight to it, you know, where if I address something, the staff listens, you know, so it's not like, oh, go over there to HR and HR will sort you out. Well, that's also like a, a big, like, screw you mm-hmm. because you don't want to deal. You don't want to have a hard conversation with me. So people even design that kind of stuff in a way that is just it's it's not, it doesn't shed them in good light. Most people appreciate you being direct with them. A hundred percent. And resolving it in that situation. And, then I, and yeah. then I think if you're a pastor, you have to, to have, man, I'd love, I have people tell me this. I'd love to have somebody like Magalas in my ministry. Well, to have somebody like her, you have to get, you have to entrust her with the power and authority. I don't let people go over her head or over Kofi's head. You know, Jonathan, can I, have you talked to Kofi? Yeah. What did he say? Okay. Well then that's, that's where it is. He handles that. Don't, right. You know, don't, don't, he's the pastor. If he told you that, don't come, don't come over to me to disobey him. What did McGonagall tell you? She's in charge. There's not, you can also get to me and I'll talk to her and I'll get between you and her. Put people in charge. Yeah. Just like a private can't, can't have a disagreement with his captain and then go see the colonel. Well, excuse me. The cat. Yeah. You're, you're going to get doubly reprimanded because there's authority and order. So most people don't have anybody of quality to help them because they won't allow someone of quality to do their job. They're control freaks. Yeah, yeah double checking on everything. What color is the book going to be? Yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what vendor did you order this from? What were the three? Qu- I don't ask any of that. Delegate and trust. Yeah. And if things are producing fruit, obviously if the church was at 320 and then went back down to 140, there's problems. And I would start getting involved. As it grows, when I stay in Texas for three weeks and it goes up another 20, 25 percent, then things are humming. Let it hum. I'll tell you, if if I if I stayed gone and it went instead of going up to to 900, if it went up to like 1500, I'd pray about. Let why am I going to mess up the progress with me coming back? It was almost like when a goalie gets hurt in hockey and they put the backup guy in and he wins like 11 games in a row. <laughs> you know, that's how Tom Brady ended up his quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah. They, they had a superstar, Drew Bledsoe. He got hurt. They put in Tom Brady and Tom Brady turns the team around and Drew Bledsoe's ready to come back and they don't let him start. That was like the first time in NFL history because there was like an unwritten rule. You couldn't lose your job to injury. People are so insecure and have to get the credit if I was a normal pastor, when I went to Texas for three weeks and the church grew, I'd be nervous. <laughs> no, the point is for it to grow. Yeah. Whoever grows it, whoever wins the battle, God gets the glory. Amen. We're all servants of his. 
Not trying to prove anything. Yeah. I, I want to see you today. Pittsburgh, 7 o'clock. I will be, this is our breakthrough service in Pittsburgh. I will be in Texas at 6 p.m. If you've not registered for prayer and fasting, please do that right now. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please kick the subscribe button right in its head over and over again <laughs> till your metaphorical shoe is covered in <laughs> metaphorical brains. Yeah, I can skip that. You don't have to follow me on Instagram or, or X. So tonight, we are back at Lifestyle Christianity. And I'll be there. I'm split. Love you in Arizona. I'll be there soon. You don't have to tell me where, but which, which places do you have a venue for yet or none yet? Um, I believe we have all of them. Hang on just a second. Oh, really? Yeah, let me see here. Do you want me to share them here or no? Yeah, you know what? Since you well, guys... Well, because I saw somebody from that said, oh, we love you from, from Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And so what we wanted to do... This end, is for the end, end of January. Thanks, Everton. West see you in Coast. Vancouver soon. End of January, I'm making a West Coast run. We're calling it The Righteous Shall Possess the West Coast. Um, and so what we what we want to do also is we're reaching out to a lot of our, our donor base if they wanted to help usher or if they wanted to be greeters. So That's we're gonna, cool. Yeah. So because we want to meet you, too. So there's going to be people from our staff that are going to be there and wow. we're going to give you some time to train with them and then just see, you know, basically like treat it like a church service. So if you want to um, volunteer at any of these events, then we would be happy to meet you. We'd be ha be happy to train you up and just kind of treat this like an actual um church service uh which we haven't had the ability to do all of these years because no. when we were doing even um victory tours or whatever it was that we were doing you know we were kind of like going to those areas yeah. for the first time ever so now that we're building a rapport with people um we'd love to have becca we would love to have you girl okay so tuesday january 23rd phoenix arizona wait, wait slower sure tuesday january 23rd Phoenix, Arizona. That's Sir, right after the fest. Yep. 7 p.m. 7 p.m. at the Hyatt Regency in that, Phoenix. Is that where we were last time? It doesn't matter if you don't remember. Can I fly out? I can't remember. Um, when, oh, no, we break the fest Monday. 21st, yeah. We're going to break it with Osos. Let me fly out that night. You want to fly out that night? Mm -hmm. Yep. Are you gonna? Oh, yeah. Of course you're going to want to fly out that night. Yeah, because then you gain time once you get over there. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, all right, so so that's venue, Tuesday Hyatt in Phoenix, and if you could help me spread the word, um, one two two North Second Street in Phoenix, the Hyatt Regency in Phoenix. Yep. Wednesday, seven p.m. in Reno, Nevada, January twenty fourth. Told you I was going to come see you, Reno. Reno, we're January twenty fourth. Where's that? That's going to be. Let me see. Renaissance Reno, downtown hotel. That's awesome. Hotel and spa. One By the way, do you hear how I'm hearing all this as you're hearing it? That's true. What, what hotel are we meeting at? I've never been to Reno. What, the, what do I know? You could free up yourself a lot as a minister if, you, if you'd get out of the weeds. San Diego. 
It's going to be January 25th at World Conference Legacy International Center. The Legacy International Center. That's more Cirillo's place. Legacy, what's it called? The Legacy International, uh, International Center, San Diego. What I'm time's sorry. that? San Diego, 7 p.m. 7 p.m. And then Friday. Oh, there, look at that. There's the graphic. Who, who else? You know, people are probably only going to come for their night. But I would love to meet Tommy Barnett. Wow, yeah. And there's Io Resta Jafar. That's wow. my, my Uncle Terry's great friend. The pastor's in Wari, Nigeria. I've never, I've been in his service, but I don't think I've ever met him. And then John Avanzini, heading up on 90 years old, still preaching. Wow, look at what a guy. Great hair. Yeah, oh yeah. You know, he lives right by where our house is in Texas. Really? Mm -hmm. He's going to come to the church soon. Come on, Lord. What are you talking about? Spiritual power. Power. They, they named him hope, revelation, spiritual power, miracles. What's Arista Jafar's blessing? Oh, Phil Driscoll's doing music. Judy Jacobs. Noel Robinson. That's over on the right. Oh, yes, yes. yes. Okay. So I'm there Thursday, 7 p.m. Thursday, then Friday, January 26th through Saturday, January 27th. We're going to be in Los Angeles. Times? Seven, Friday, 7 p.m., Saturday, 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. So three times in L.A. Sheridan Gateway, Los Angeles. Sheridan Gateway, Los Angeles. Keep your head on a swivel. That's right. Make sure you're... Windshield and side windows are insured. When was the last time we went to San Diego? Don't keep any valuables in your car. Don't keep any non-valuables in your car. When was the last time that you went to San Diego? Do you remember? Yeah, I was there in, in uh, May with Dr. Rodney just for like one day. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Fresno when, when our one of the windshields oh, was yeah. broken. No, that, that, that was 2019. Yeah, yeah. That's Northern California. LA, LA is uh, arguably worse. For when it comes to that, they say that you just get your windshield. You know, a guy told me in Fresno, an Uber driver, he parked his car in front of Dunkin' Donuts, went in, there was no one in line, ordered a coffee and donut, and when he went out, his windshield or, or his uh, side windows were bashed out, and they took his his Uber iPad thing. Oh, my goodness. He said, I was in there like 90 seconds. I got a coffee and came out. Jeez. Yeah, they smashed out our back windshield in um, Fresno, California, Yeah. and took a camera lens that we had to pay like Equipment. 10 grand because we yeah. were renting it at the time. Yeah. But all of the offerings were in the truck for the whole week and they left them. I know. We created new systems. Picked the wrong bag. <laughs> yeah, we did. We have a new system now. <laughs> system is it's chained to Abraham's wrist. Oh, you know, Abraham being from West Africa. Love you, Jen. And, and Kofi too. They, they handle money well. Yeah, oh, duh. no doubt. Because they but, know. Like, they know. The, yeah, it's like... With a suspicion of theft. Yeah. Like, like, it's not like your average <laughs> leave it. It's like, like he'll even come up to me if they hand something. Like, but the John, let me get, let me get. <laughs> That's great. Those are going to be awesome meetings. Awesome. Who, who, who may join us in those meetings that's watching right now? California. So it's three states, four cities, California, Nevada, Arizona. It'll be perfect. Hopefully it'll be nice and warm. It'll I don't know. Warmer. I don't know. Warmer. Yeah. Reno might not be. You don't think so? I don't know. What's their temperatures like? Let me see. 
Holy moly. Next Wednesday, it's going to be three here. That's when I order the jackets. They'll be in by Monday for you guys and your elderly sisters. Sunny in three. Saturday, one. So if it's going to be that cold here. Lord. Yeah, let's not turn this into a weather forecast. But what, what's, what's Reno's weather right now? 41. 46. What at night? Uh, 32. So not terrible. Not terrible. What about next Hopefully week when it's warm. super cold here? Um, it's going to be cold 50s, in Texas. 50s. Huh? 50s in Reno. Oh, it goes up. Yeah. All right, so not bad. No. Any chance you'll come to the Midwest? Great chances I'll come to the Midwest. I think I already... Next week, Phoenix is in the 70s. Is is not? Is is in the 70s. And then what at night? 48, 52? 46. That's cool. 49, 50. Lovely. It's 32 in Buckeye, Arizona at night. That's from Sally. Sally, are you the one that gave me the tour... The tourism pack from Buckeye, Arizona. Is that you and your husband? I know we're on delay, so i got to wait forever for the answer. This lady came up to me and asked me to start a church in Buckeye, Arizona, and had the, the mayor's packet to attract businesses to Buckeye, Arizona. No. Like, made the case for why, like, I should live there, what a great what city it is. I'm talking, that's why I remember it so well. <laughs> Potential businesses that were being attracted to the area, things that were being built in the future. That's smart. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see the answer. If you would, put the giving up on the screen, but keep me and Magalas on. I want you to mark your seed, Dream Seed 2024. Would you ever come out to Illinois? Where are you in Illinois? You know what? I was looking... At where our response is from. And now that I have that plane, I have I believe I'm gonna to go to Detroit this year. I believe I'm gonna to go to Chicago this year. Where else is I looking at? Minneapolis. We'll call it the NFC Central tour. <laughs> Vikings, Lions, and, and Bears. Might as well hit Green Bay. Who's who else is in that division? Or have they changed all the divisions? I don't know. Lucas would know. The righteous shall possess the West Coast. Amanda, uh, email Rachel. Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, at revivaltoday.com for volunteer opportunities for the West Coast tour. But we're also going to be doing like a massive like um, call and email and all that kind of stuff, kind of like bringing you guys in. North Carolina, I was looking at that. I've never preached in Charlotte. I've only been to the airport, and we have a ton of people that contact our ministry from there. I know, Pastor Kofi, it's true. Did I say that, Ezekiel? I, are you sure I said Montreal comes to Ontario? <laughs> you may have to meet me at a Burgers Priest. I'll be in Vancouver. I'm looking, you know, part of my motivation in traveling 
is um, this year, I really feel drawn to preach in places in America that I've not preached in yet. So it's not that I won't go preach for people I have preached for, but I really want to go places I haven't. Like Vancouver, I have a feeling in my spirit it's going to be a great meeting. I've never been there. We have a ton of people that are on that map from there. You know, every time you hit a place, I, I feel like as an evangelist, as far as a revival, like a multi-week revival, if, if, if it's ever going to explode, it's going to be in the first two times that you go and usually the first time that you go. This is the Burger Space Burger. <laughs> Look at this. It's like a gourmet in and out, right? Because you can do it California style. But they even have, in Canada, they have poutine. So you have the gravy dipping sauce for your fries. My God. Just. The thing is, there's nothing I'm really like looking forward to chowing into at the end of the fest. I want to almost carry this into, which you say this every year and then you end up not doing it. But I really want to do it this year because you can carry the momentum of this discipline into your. I don't want to like come off the fast and go plunge into poutine and cheeseburgers because it, now at forty three, I mean, number one, I don't You'll lose as back. much weight off the fast. <laughs> no doubt. I used to lose like thirty one pounds in twenty one days. Now I lose like nine. <laughs> and then uh, I don't want to. You'll put it back on in like a week. Oh yeah. I don't know Denver. Yes, Lucy. Denver's another one. I'm going to write these down. Okay. Denver. Chicago. Keep your head on. We'll call it the keep your head on a swivel toy. Yes, that's it. Keep your head on. De- Detroit. <laughs> Sleep with one eye open tour. Chicago, Detroit. Minneapolis, or as I call it, iced Somalia. <laughs> what? That's where all the Somalian resettlement is. Oh, that's my ice. And (laughs) Denver. Mm -hmm. What are you curious about, Nancy Volleyball? North Carolina. That lady, Nancy Volleyball from from, uh, YouTube, I'll laugh for the rest of my life because I was preaching at a church in in Florida. And and like I was done preaching, I was out in the parking lot. She comes up to me real calmly and goes, hi, I'm Nancy Volleyball. Which isn't her name, but it's her name from YouTube. It just, I said, hi, I'm Jonathan Baseball. That's great. Okay, so we got Chicago, Detroit, Minneapolis, Denver. And then me and Pastor Rodney are in the middle of planning. We have nothing to announce yet, but it looks like Pastor Rodney and I are going to do several nights in Las Vegas together in February. Now, if it comes down, I was going to tell you, since we're just all talking together like everybody here works at the ministry. If it comes down to like you could get a venue in Las Vegas. Yeah. Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Thursday, Friday, but not Saturday, then that's fine. Okay. Obviously Friday night, it can't be like Thursday and Saturday. Like we need Thursday and Friday or Friday, Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Thursday and Friday would be good. But if it's like a little thing, you can have flexibility. You know what I mean? Okay. That works. Billings, Montana. I was looking at Montana because I've never preached there. Yes, there's a service at Pittsburgh on the 22nd. Nothing is changing on the schedule. Fast finishes the 22nd. I start preaching Phoenix on the 23rd. I have an airplane. I don't have to 
pack a wagon and head out west. Maddie said, I think I prefer to go to Vegas than L.A. Where do you, where do you live? Which, uh, do you live in L.A. or Las Vegas? I, you saw they're putting in that bullet train between Los Angeles and Las Vegas? No way. Yeah. It'll get there in like an hour 45. You know, normally if California announced they were going to build something, you'd think it's never going to get built. But I think because Las Vegas is in on it, it'll get built like fast. 100%. Awesome. Cody, Wyoming. Man, we, we have Wyoming. We have Montana. I really want to preach. Idaho, I've not preached. Washington State. Who teaches your Bible college? There's a bunch of people that teach it. Magalas teaches. Communication and Our entire pastoral staff teaches. And creating and managing a nonprofit. That's my class. Those are my classes. Um, the Golden Steer. What about it? Just I'm just bringing that to your attention. What, what about the, it? The, the lobster tails. Yes. Remember those? I do. You know, I took my dad and mom. My dad says it's the best meal he's ever had in his life. I mean, hands, hands down. With the big, so he's with the steak with the lobster tail, but the lobster tail was just, I'm like, I mean, we're so far away from the ocean. There's no chance that this is going to be the best steak I've ever I was going to take Pastorani. There's no tables open for the entire month of February. I'm telling you, February is. Can you keep an eye on it for me for that oh, week? Of course. I'll call him. I would love to take him there. Of course. Golden steer. But they have bananas fostered. <laughs> anyway. Golden steer. Um, Did you want North Carolina on that list? Or are you just not interested in North Carolina? Interesting, Pastor Eli. You should cancel LA and do it in Newport Beach in Orange County instead. Newport Beach has the all they're yeah. they're the city council that like Yes, correct. You're probably That probably right, would have been I'm good. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'll, I'll go back. I can go back if Jesus dares. Yeah. Yes. What happened? Cody Jones, Wakuda in Las Vegas. People are throwing out restaurants. He got asked not to come back to a meeting last year. Cause, oh, cause I remember him. So, I, so to make him not feel bad, I, I, I sent him a few hundred bucks to go to uh, that Wakuda in Venetian with his wife. Yeah. That's a little tip. If the devil ever does anything to try to make you feel bad, do something to make yourself feel good. Amen. I got kicked out of a church in Phoenix in 2012, I think. And um, I barely had any money, but I had him book me a ticket. I always fl flew coach back then. I had him book me a, a first-class ticket back. Wow. This is like, if you're, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go back sad. What's yeah. up? Okay. Awesome. Registration just opened for the righteous shall possess the West Coast. RTCregister.com. Let's go. Durango, Colorado. How come I know that place? Did I drive through there? I was actually looking at there to hold a meeting, but I can't remember why. Where's Durango, Colorado? Susie, did Is you it in just the bottom crash left corner? 
If you just cash yes. it, thank you. I did drive through Durango, Colorado. When? When I went on that 12-hour drive with, oh, with yes. and Camila. Yes. I drove from Colorado Springs to Sedona. We stopped at a town of 300 people to eat that had no towns around it. it, it I like... It's beautiful. Um, it's beautiful. I, I like... Uh, I like that stuff. Guy came in complaining real loud because bears were eating the apples off of his tree. <laughs> he, was like, he was like ticked off about it. And then he brought in a bushel of apples and asked us if we wanted any, and we took some. It was like a diner, like everybody knew the waitress and stuff. It was That's cool. Fantastic. So then we got to the Four Corners. You know about that? Yeah. Colorado, Utah, that. Arizona, and New Mexico all, all meet. It's that the, is awesome. So you can stand in four states at one time. It closed at 7. I got there. They had already locked it up at 645. So they had a Navajo guy at the gate. I said, let's say someone arrived too late to get in. <laughs> but he gave the guy at the gate two crisp $100 bills. <laughs> is there any chance that man could open the gate so that he could take his daughter to see the Four Corners? Go ahead. Please please go quick. So, so then I, I went. He never smiled or anything. He took the money quick. Of and we went and did that. And then I drove the rest of the way to Sedona. That was September 27th. And I always set my alarm for five in the morning on my birthday, September 28th. We woke up in Sedona. We had a balcony overlooking the Red Rock. So we watched sunrise together, me, Dallas, and Camila. Then we drove four hours to Las Vegas. I had prime rib for lunch from? at Larry's prime rib. We shopped at um, Wynn and Encore. Yes. And then drove down to Scottsdale. Hot. All in one day. Amazing. Yeah, I lived it. I, I lived that day like I had 24 hours left and spent money like I had 24 <laughs> hours left. That's when I got Camila that, that huge uh, plushie. Yes. That is awesome. You know, I was, um, instead of Reno, I was going to go to Northern California, but I, I'm out of days, but I was, mm-hmm. and I couldn't, I just didn't know where. I didn't have it clear, like, in, on the inside of me where to go. It was like San Jose, San Francisco. But San Francisco looks like it's not, like, easy to get to. It seems like it would be easier to drive out from San Francisco to San Jose than, am I right, if anybody's here from Northern California, is it difficult? Is, is San Francisco difficult to get to? It looks like it'd be, like, a traffic nightmare. Look, who said Yeah. Joseph. Tell him to come in. No, this is not going to go till 3 p.m. Because I'm going to Texas tonight. Is he here? He's coming. Could I also get a pineapple juice from up top? So it, it, am I right from looking at the map? San Francisco would not be like, it'd only be a good location to reach people in San Francisco. It, an hour? An hour? What? And traffic's bad. So, so you wouldn't have people like drive in from Modesto. It would like it would be a, it would be a detriment. People do go though for like weekenders from like Modesto. Right, but like a weeknight meeting at seven would be rough. Yeah, I thought so. So where would be? Where wouldn't it be like that? San Jose would be easier to get to. Keep your head on a swivel. <laughs> Maybe we'll add Oakland into the keep your head on a... <laughs> we'll have a full um, uh, security team. Oakland probably would be good for a crusade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no doubt. 
I mean, all their sports teams moved out. Rough. The Raiders left. Yeah. The A's left. Yep. And the Golden State. Oh, where did the Warriors go? San Jose? Uh, no, they're San Francisco. I mean, you you had you had all four major league teams, and now you have zero. That Rough. great job to the city council. And then I'm sure that'll help me get permitting if I want to do a crusade. <laughs> really? It, yeah. Usually, Three tacos. someone should do a graph that as like a city declines, the tacos go up. <laughs> It's like a converse graph. Oh, That's good to know. I'm, I'm glad. You, I know you're from Northern California now because now I have somebody in the know to help me plan. It's fantastic. Glad you're here, man. Come on. Hey, you can bring it. I'm sorry. Thanks, brother. Tacos, tacos. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. How do I sign up to, for the Righteous Shop Possess the West Coast in the website? I don't see it yet. Um, it should be up. RTC events. Hoping to bring some people to the meeting in Vancouver, meeting at Good News. Excited you come to British Columbia. Come for a boat ride. You have another church that would love to have you. Sarah said it's up and she's registered. Where are you coming? LA? Yeah, you're you're Los Angeles, right? Register at rtcregister.com. Don't miss tonight's meeting. Pittsburgh and Texas. What about the East Coast? I'm sitting here right now. <laughs> Where are you on the East Coast that's so far from Pittsburgh? I'm asking for real. I'd like to know where you are, that you feel unreached on the West Coast. I mean, I've I've blazed the the East Coast pretty strong, and I'm I still will. Looking at New York City, looking at New Jersey, Marie and Tom's River. You raised a great son, Marie. Andrea said, "Yes, it's a nightmare driving around San Francisco. I'm originally from the Bay Area. Oakland is a crime zone. San Jose or Fremont would be better." I saw my only UFC fight live, or mixed martial arts, big mixed martial arts fight live in San Jose. Oh, yeah. That's the only time I was ever there. Thanks, Pastor Craig. It is, Rachel. You've never been to Nashville. I've been to Nashville. I've never preached in Nashville. Do you like Nashville? National Religious Broadcasters. That was actually where oh, Pastor Rodney right. came back from that's Asia. Right. Yes. And told me that they're going to lock the whole country down. It was in February. It's like they're going to lock it all down. And I argued with him. So that is not never going to happen. Americans would never go for that. Turned out he was right. Yeah. Sally. Calling in and praying for RTC Arizona and Buckeye. It must be her. Yeah, no doubt. She's great. What else do we have on the burner for this year that, that's exciting or semi-exciting? 
Anything come to mind that's that's kind of like on your mind? I mean, just the the what no eye has seen again. Because I had such a blast during that week too. It was such a refreshing week, which which it was crazy to think that it was like so refreshing as it was because it was so like, you know. Solomon, do you Heck. are you the guy I met that pastors in Colorado Springs? They keep saying see you in Colorado Springs soon. <laughs> Look, message me on Instagram and give me your info because that is I was looking at Denver, but Colorado Springs is like what forty five minutes away. Update on this is lady, this lady Heather. Who teaches at the Bible College? Update on the land in Pittsburgh. Are you a spy? <laughs> Update on the land in Pittsburgh. The church has been finished. I just haven't got around to telling anybody yet. <laughs> it's in the engineering phase. There'll be news. Oh, soon. man. Scary. Love you, Heather. When are, you, when are you doing um, Check the News? Um, I have to pre-record it for Friday. I think it was Friday, too. Tonight, right? Oh, yeah, tonight. Tonight at 2. Oh, right after this. That's fine. Where are you from, Jeremiah? Yesterday you spoke about the hurdles of going into the evangelistic ministry. Out of the past three churches I preached at recently, I hit unfortunate treatment, but moved forward anyways. Just the way he speaks, you can tell he's got a good heart, calling it unfortunate treatment. <laughs> it's not what we would call it. Well, I'm excited. January is like a year and a month. You know, do, doing 52 services here and then doing that week out in the West. That's that's Yeah. I'm the Grand Junction, Colorado. I don't do Instagram, so I don't know how to comment on your broadcast. You're commenting right now on Facebook. <laughs> Ask a grandchild to help you out. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Magalas, when are you coming back to Texas? Ask Crystal. Um, <laughs> I guess no time soon. Yeah, I don't have anything planned. Everything's going so smooth. Need me there. If you've not given, what would be a good book to give to people who give today? In line with what we're talking about. What's one you you have enjoyed that maybe we've never given away? That maybe we've never given away? Um I mean there was a couple of Lisa, people. I could say a prayer for your deliverance from anxiety, but I, I could tell you this instead. Just keep my broadcast on in your house and you won't have any anxiety, just like you don't have any right now. Continue. Um, in line with the broadcast, um, you know, somebody asked me what books should I read on persuasion? Maybe want, want to do one of those? Like the persuasion by... What was the first one he wrote? Influence. Influence. You think persuasion's better? I do. I think some of the, the the principles. Well, it definitely got the most traction. It actually was the one that put influence on the map. So it's like things that you can do before you preach or before you produce the message. So it's basically everything that 
that you need to think about prior to your your message. Okay, let's do this because Ruben and Julia said seven wrong relationships is good. Oh, that's and, a good one too. Yeah, about that on the way in. Everyone that sows a seed of any size today, I'm going to send my book, Seven Wrong Relationships. It's about the seven girls I dated in Bible college. Nope, nope it's not. Chapter one, Becky. No. <laughs> no, it's not. It's about what we deal with today. <laughs> so there's the book. I'll send that to everybody who right. gives a seed of any size. And then second, anyone that does 500 or more. Thank you. We'll send you Robert Cialdini's book, Presuasion. That's a secular book. Thanks, right. brother. You know where I, I, no, that isn't where I preach that. Oh, man, these are really good, too. Yeah, and easy to read. You could read this before your salad gets to the table. <laughs> Crystal, I see you. Aspen, Colorado. Thanks, Andrea. People have written such nice things. Hard to leave you. Anyone does 500 or more, Robert Cialdini's Persuasion. That's like a business-level seed for serious people. Persuasion is a massive thing to understand, and most Christians don't know anything about persuasion. They just galvanize to the people that already agree with them and vilify the people that don't agree with them. When really... You know, especially as a minister, your whole end game is to take somebody that doesn't agree or believe the Bible and in 45 minutes have them with their hands up, with tears in their eyes, receiving from the Bible. Yeah. You don't do that by saying, these people and their sin, no time for God. Winning people over, that's actually the broader meaning in Proverbs, he that winneth souls is wise. Obviously, when Solomon wrote that, there was no great commission or anything. It means it takes a wisdom to win somebody over. Yeah. There's a white pastor I know and a black pastor I know. They were friends, and they parted company when Donald Trump got elected because the black pastor was for Obama and against Trump, and the white pastor was for Trump. And then the black pastor called the white pastor back again and said, you were right. I see it now. He said, what caused you to have such a change? He said, Candace Owens. Somebody introduced him to Candace Owens, and she persuaded him. It takes wisdom to persuade. You get someone to say, huh, I never thought of that before. It's an art. So what does it say? Persuasion, a revolutionary way to increase, to, a way to influence and persuade. Mm-hmm. Worth reading. That guy's only written two books. Influence. And then 30 years later, he wrote Presuasion. Guy's a genius. Based in Scottsdale, Arizona. You know that? No, I didn't. That's great. You know, it took wisdom for Magalis instead of flipping out on the phone of the guy. I need the visa. This is ridiculous. Hey, I I love the same soccer team as you. She got the visa. Took wisdom when the lady said, I'm sorry, I can't have your dry cleaning. It'll take two days. And I needed it that night. Takes wisdom to get her to agree to do it in 20 minutes. 
One time my dad went to a hotel. This is in the early days of travel before the internet. They were all out of rooms. It was the only hotel in the little town he was preaching in. He said, I bet if President Clinton wanted a hotel room, you'd give him a room. The guy said, yeah, but you're not him. He went, I know, but I just want his room. <laughs> the guy laughed and got him a room. That's funny. And laughter is a great persuasion, persuasive power. Exactly. If you make people laugh, it doesn't see. One thing about persuasion, it doesn't make any sense why people, people don't agree based on facts. You have your facts. They have their counter facts. Mm -hmm. But it's like you make someone laugh. Like, all right, you got me. I've seen that on people's faces when I'm preaching. Came in like this, not a Christian. Didn't I make them laugh? You guys are like, all right. When you give the altar call at the end, I'm coming. You made me laugh. You win. There's like a power laughter has over people. I would say other, oh, watching from Peoria, Arizona. I've been there. I went to church at that revival church there. I can't think of the name right now. I follow them on Instagram. One time on vacation, that's where I went as my uh, Sunday church out in Peoria. I would say outside of the gifts of the Holy Ghost, the next strongest power is, is making somebody laugh. Jeremiah, you're, you're an evangelist out of Sacramento. I would just blaze up and down Northern California. Let it rip. There's a lot of people that saw the, the problems with the lockdown and the you-know-whats from watching Check the News, not because I convinced them factually, but just, just humor. Where, where in Utah are you, Iggy? I've driven through southern Utah a lot. I'll tell you a story about that since we're just chilling together. Um, I was driving on a Sunday from Las Vegas to Page, Arizona. And you go through southern Utah almost the whole way, which is all Mormon. So every time I went to get, I stopped at two different Dutch brothers and talked to three different people. One lady took my order, and I paid with another, and then at the other one, the same person took my order. So all three people, we had the exact same conversation. I went, did you go to Mormon church today? I did. How was it? It was good. Then I went, how was it? It was okay. <laughs> Every time, except the third time when I went, did you go to Mormon church today? She went, I did. How was it? It was good. How was it? It was long. <laughs> wow. Pop the ways to give back up in the middle. In case anybody's interested in that thank you offer. <laughs> Thanks, Susie. All right, Brian. Noted. I'm going to try to make a point to be here one week a month to do broadcast this year, I think. Of course, I've said stuff like that every year. And, you know, <laughs> I, know I, I don't know whether it's habit or how God wired me or I, the fact that I grew up on the road because my dad's an evangelist. It's like tra the traveling and preaching trumps anything. 
If you gave me my own show in primetime on NBC in a studio or gave me the choice to go preach at a church of 80 people on the road, I'd, I'd, I'm, I'm drawn to the, the church. I like having people in the studio. Glad you guys came and mix it. Gives a little blend of the two. <laughs> Texas tonight. I will see you there. Pittsburgh tonight. I'll see you there. But I will be in Texas tonight. Lifestyle Christianity, 7200 Denton Highway, Watauga, Texas. And then right here at 107 Patton. 7 p.m. Pittsburgh, 6 p.m. Texas. Simultaneous service. Last night was powerful. Yes, it was. See, in Los Angeles, would you please help me get the word out, please? Phoenix, Reno, San Diego, L.A., San Diego. Nice having you on. Yes, thank you. Made it fun. Love you, Magas. Love you, everybody. Adios. Adios. Thank you for sharing the Jonathan Shuttlesworth podcast. If you're interested in supporting our mission to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, please visit RevivalToday.com and click on Give Now to become one of our monthly partners. Thank you in advance. We hope to see you soon.